Okay, let me just open my timer real quick. All right, ready, set, go. Recording in progress. Uh, it's podcast time, and all I can think about is these damn waffles that uh, nobody Nina and her damn nobody oh, eat. Of course. Uh, so I'm I'm furious because I, as much as I've eaten today, I feel like I'm not satisfied because <laughs> all I can think about are these damn waffles. Aren't you vegan? Vegan? Hell no. Vegetarian? Same shit. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Um. Can I'm an optimal eater. We should. Yeah. Really, we can't just assume people know what we're talking about when we say Nina and waffles and shit. Like you really should. Well, that's the that's the intriguing part. We're gonna get to it because this is obviously for our you know our loyal listeners. This is hashtag uncensored, the podcast version of the radio show, which we record for Vibe One Hundred Five. At, that broadcasts every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And uh, this is the preamble. And sometimes we start off random. And I just sometimes I just talk about the first thing that pops into my head when the when when the when the tape rolls. Nina's gonna get free waffles, everybody. That's that's the bottom line of the story. Yeah, is free that chicken and waffles. And I want in. Yeah, it's a new it's a new uh, recipe they're gonna test out well, at the Waffle House on Lakeshore. The Waffle House on Lakeshore. So yeah, Nina has this bit called No Better Eats. Since yes. neither of you want to explain it, I'll explain it for people <laughs> that are listening. And she did a story on the Waffle House, and then they hit her up on Instagram saying, thank you so much for the advertisement. Do you want free waffles? And Nina said, check. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Message yep. me at my Instagram. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and let's, let's, let's exactly make these arrangements because I need to get some free waffles in my life. So now... Uh-huh. <laughs> Nina they jumped on it quickly. All of us. Well, actually, no, that was a that was a Nina plug. I just I just want to I just want to walk. I just want to try one. Uh, no, I'll tell. I'll uh, if they give me like enough, I'll I'll bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but keyword. <Woo>! Enough. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I've had like like doughy type pancakes or French toast type things. Like, oh, uh, I love that on the weekends on Saturdays. I love I love my pancakes and I like them to be a little raw in the middle. Yeah, pancakes every weekend. Not every weekend, but most weekends. Solitaire, no one can see you with your hand raised, man. This is audio. This is all audio. No, I was, I was saying, yeah, I, I, I could tell you when the last time I had something sweet and delicious was. This morning. Two uh, hours yes, ago. The Tim Hortons, listen, this is not a sponsored plug, but the Tim Hortons Dream Donuts with the cream in like all the way through the whole donut. Certified. Sorry, I don't trust Tim Hortons Donuts. I, well, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I saw it. And I think my eyes just went in. I, at that point, I lost complete control of my faculties. And, well, and my brain just said, bye. I was like, give me one of those. <laughs> I it's only afterwards I realized it was $2. And I was like, hmm. But it was delicious. Uh, I have not spent a dime in Tim Hortons since February 2020. Damn. Wow. I actually got an ice cap last week. I have not spent a dime in Starbucks, Tim Hortons anywhere outside of my home <laughs> and, and well, you know what you just did there you proved that this is absolutely not a sponsored ad for any one of those companies oh sure yeah there you go <laughs> yeah if you don't if you didn't believe us before cent, i have not spent one cent at tim Hortons, starbucks or walmart <laughs> it's cash I, yeah well walmart's were closed i guess they're open now again or they've been open for the essential products but yep. I'm telling you man my spending has greatly 
reduced during the pandemic. And now I see it. Now I see the way of saving money. I was not good at saving money before the pandemic, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And now. That's one. That's the one thing you've come out of the pandemic on the other side of the pandemic with. At, at one of many things, I guess. But yeah, I definitely right. know how to save money. Or at least I know how to not spend money now, basically, yeah. if anything, I should say. Because, uh, yeah, just the amount of spending that I was doing before the pandemic that I realized now was not necessary. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us what, something we don't know there. <laughs> oh, guys, I did the treetop trucking thing. You did the oh, How was it? How was it? It was treetop trekking. Ready? We talked about it last week. Remember, it's like uh, it's like basically you do these obstacle courses in the in the air. Oh, right, right. It's like zip lining like, type like stuff. Kind of zip, yeah, zip lining, kind of yeah, and then like a bunch of obstacles. Honestly, you guys, uh, it was actually terrifying. Rolling like high. there was really? some parts. Yeah, there was some. Like I was drenched in sweat. Like I was so sweat nervous. from fear. Yeah, like not even like because it was hard, but I was just scared. Like because some parts, like I, I know you're connected to the cord, whatever. Like if you fall, you're safe. But like I did not want to fall, and some parts of it were so scary. And then like. My boyfriend would be behind me and he's like, Nina, there's a line. I'm coming on. And he would come on at the same time. And it's like a wooden log ladder. So he's throwing off my balance. And then we're both like almost falling. And isn't he like almost like what? two? He's probably 250. Yeah. No, he's like, I think he's like 220 or something. Okay. And he's throwing off everything. And I'm like, buddy, I'm like, I told you to stop. And then he's like, I'm sorry. There's just kids waiting. I feel bad. Mm, (laughs) And and let me guess. The kids are just like on your ass. Like, yo, hurry. Yeah. They were, you could tell they were were pissy, but I was like, bro, I don't give a shit. I'm going as slow as I need to because I'm not trying to die. So was there there video evidence of this? Like, where's the video evidence? I have a video of of him doing it. He has one of me ziplining. I have the video of the scary thing that's terrified me and then he almost falls in the video it's really funny i'll send it in the group chat after. oh man <laughs> you've been holding I, I out on us nina i didn't think it was I didn't, I didn't think you would describe it as terrifying it was pretty exhilarating there's parts where you where you literally unless you're like you really have like the reflexes of a cat and like the the stat like the stability of a gymnast you pretty yeah. much have to like hold on to the tethered cord to oh get- that's right Oh, buddy, I held on to the tether cord the whole time. I put my body over, like, this is the wire, and I put my body over, so if I fall, I'm pulling everything back with me. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like 20 feet in the air. It's pretty... It's yes. Pretty- and some of the some of the obstacles are pretty hard. Like, it's it's a workout. So for anybody that's interested in checking it out, what is it, and where do they go to find out more about it? So just go to... Just Google Treetop Trekking, and they have a bunch of locations. Stouffville, Markham, Aj- or I don't know about Markham. Stouffville, Ajax, um, Brampton, Caledon, like everywhere basically i went to the one in stoville um and yeah you just you just pick a day and a time and then you have three hours to complete these courses and risk your life and it's not for the faint of heart don't go there and yeah. be like oh yeah treetop trekking not yeah enough. some of the moms had to tap out like some yeah. moms were there with their kids and they they just ended up not doing it like if, if you're not honestly not to be rude but if you're not like fit either like you're not in shape you're you're not going to be able to complete most of it and and that has member that has nothing Nina's to do with fat shaming me. That has no, it's not. That was no, exactly it's it was serious. Working. It's for real. It has nothing to do with weight. It has to do with being in shape. Because like it, having core strength, arm yeah. strength. Because you got to pull. Like some parts, I had to do like pull-ups. Like on this wooden, or sorry, this rope like contraption. Like you had to pull up across the whole thing. Like my chest was sore. Yeah. yeah. Real things. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think people have heard enough about this. 
I was about to say, not people. Reddy Fox is hurting me. We should. He's like, yeah, this is something I'm never going to do. So <laughs> We should start radio time now. All right, let's roll. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday, July the 17th. And because I'm not a weatherman, I don't know what the weather is like because we pre-recorded this. I shouldn't have said that. But it's okay. Because we're still having fun, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hashtag Yours Truly Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. Only reason I say that is because I wanted to say, you know, good summery, beautiful morning to you, but I have no idea. So Probably uh, raining. Well, there, <laughs> there you go. Well, now we've covered the range of possibilities for weather. How are you guys doing? We're good. I'm okay. I'm actually trying to look up the weather right now for Saturday so that we can at least give people a heads up for what the day should be like because, yeah. Mine says rain. Rain on that's Saturday. You, that's what mine says. Okay. That's see. That's why you're the. That's why you're the. Uh, the the radio expert. The resident radio expert. Yes. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be light rain on Saturday, going up to a high of 26 today. So uh, for all you guys out there, if you're heading out, bring your umbrella maybe with you. But 22 today, a high of 26 on Sunday, a high of 28 on Monday. So nice. there you go. Mine says rain, rain, rain all those days. Yeah. Well, really? yeah, except Sunday. I don't see rain for Sunday. I see rain for Saturday. I see rain for Monday, a little bit of rain, and then definitely rain on Tuesday. Yep. And ladies and gentlemen, that was hashtag weather. Hashtag weather. <laughs> Everything's hashtag this, hashtag that. I mean, we just, we just started a new segment right off the top of the show. Um, but um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope everybody's out there doing well. You made it through another week. Uh, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. Eat those pancakes that you were so starving for throughout the week and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to avoid because you're trying to lose five pounds because you want to be like, I don't know, like hot person summer. Because <laughs> it's like hot girl or hot guy, whoever you are, you want to be a hot person summer, and you, you know. But enjoy it because it's Saturday. Welcome to the program. Uh, yours truly, solitaire DJ Ready Fox, no but Nina. Um, how y'all doing? Y'all good? Anything to report? No uh, major. Oh, we're gonna talk about mine and no better take. Oh, okay. So there's some up to. We're gonna talk some... about it in the poll question. <laughs> yeah, in the poll question, even. <laughs> All right. Well, um, how was your week, we get... solitaire? Though, like. You always ask us, and then you you try to skip over yourself. I know, I know, because there's a lot. There's layers. There's layers. My week has been like a giant onion of events and like stresses and onions make you cry, and, huh? Onions make you cry. Did you cry this week? I cried. I cried a couple of times, <laughs> you know, in the shower when nobody could tell. You know what I'm saying? Like you right. keep yourself. But um, you know, but overall, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm I'm navigating the the highs and the lows, and I'm maintaining an even kilter nice as you as you should as we all try to yeah yeah absolutely and this is the this actually doing this show gives me an opportunity to focus on something that is you know what's going on in the world and you know sometimes it's for better or for worse but it's, it's usually like, for you know, worse at least it has been for the last two years it's been for worse we might <laughs> if we have time in politics as usual we're going to talk about doom scrolling Okay. Yeah. All right. Actually, I, I think I've I've heard a, a, like a psychologist talk about this. Is it's because uh, when you read a newspaper, there's an end to it. You've read it all in terms of the news, there's, but scrolling on social media, there is no end. There's it's no end, and it just yeah. seems like it's a nonstop flow of bad news after bad news. And really, just the state of what the world has been for the last little while, it feels yeah. like you could throw a dart on a map of the world, and wherever it hits, some bad stuff is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so true but listen um 
if you enjoy the conversations that we uh, go out of our way and enjoy doing for you each and every week, make sure you're following us on our social media platforms at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram. We share stories, news articles, little clippings. Uh, occasionally, No Better Nina will share a food video with her talking about No Better Eats and bringing up some waffles that have made me salivate. Oh, yeah. I watched it. But uh, yeah, so follow us on at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram. All right. And uh, with that, Ready Fox, you're going well, to say Well, you, you can't just floss over it again. Like, you just know, say, you just say it. I'll explain it. Okay, so basically every week during my swing shift on Wednesdays from 2 to 5, I do this segment called No Better Eats where I feature something that I've eaten as a cheat meal on the weekend. So the last one I had was a three-cheese jalapeno waffle with cracked chicken from the Waffle House. (sighs) That sounds amazing. It was really good. A three-cheese jalapeno waffle with chicken in it. Yep, you know, uh, chicken on chicken on the side, and then you put it on top and stuff. You know how I, you know how you know it's delicious because I don't even like jalapeno like that. <laughs> I'm not a big jalapeno fan. I'm not a cheese person, but just the way she describes it, and if you watch the clip on our hashtag Instagram or on Vibe 105's uh, Instagram, the way Nina described it is like you want waffles, like you really yeah. do. I'm pretty good. Anyway. Um, so yes, that's why all I can think about is waffles and why I've completely <laughs> gone off track. But to bring us back on track, let me pass it over to Nobody Nina for our poll question of the week. Okay, so last week we asked, with the ongoing discoveries of unmarked graves of children at former residential schools, calls to rename anything named after Henry Dundas, among others, have been growing. Do you think changing these names would serve a purpose? The options are yes, it erases them, no, people will use the original names, or what are residential schools? So... Actually, uh, 50% of people said that changing the names would serve a purpose because it erases these people from history. And the other 50% said that no, it doesn't serve a purpose because people will still use the original. And no one said what's a residential school. Thank God. Thank (laughs) God nobody said what's a residential school. But this poll, I feel like this is exactly the way the argument or debate is going publicly about this because I've seen as many people that are for it as there are against it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so this week we're asking something that pertains to a personal situation I encountered this weekend. <laughs> <clears throat> if these girls are listening. Uh, when going out with your significant other, which sex do you find is more brazen to talk to someone in front of their significant other? The options are men, women, or no one because I punched them first. Oh. So head over to hashtag by 105 on Twitter to make your vote count. Nina does. Oh. Nina's views do not reflect those of me or Solitaire or Vibe 105 or VX3. Well, yes, but I, but I understand, though. I understand. I understand. We're going to you... talk more about that in No Better Take because there, there's a whole story for this, Why? Why? This, what inspired this. Right, Nina? And it happened again yesterday. Again, okay. All yeah. right. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, it's an interesting conversation to be had, that's for sure. So thank you very much for that poll question of the week that's supposed to derive from personal experience. Yeah, no, nothing selfish about that poll question. <laughs> but it's definitely making for an interesting conversation. All right. So make sure, of course, uh, to make your vote count, head over to at hashtag Vibe 105. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the moment or the segment where I talk about what stood out in the headlines to me Here's my noteworthy stories of the week. It is time for Have You Heard. 
<laughs> okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, as if uh, the muddy waters couldn't get any muddier, uh, the uh, World Health Organization on Monday, the chief scientist, Dr. Sumya Swaminathan. <laughs> Swaminathan. 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 I was like, I didn't write it like that. Okay. Said that she advised people against mixing and matching COVID-19 vaccines from different manufacturers. Uh, did you hear about this, um, this news? Yes. Yes. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, what? What? Yeah. And, and this is after months, months of them saying, yeah, as long as there are MN or whatever, mRNA. And, and, that's, and I, I even have to say, the first person I thought about when I heard this news is my mom, because my mom was getting her second vac- vaccination. And she's like, I want the Pfizer. I don't want them. If they're giving me the Moderna, I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> I was like, brother. And I, even I was like, yo, listen, they said it was supposed to be fine. But anyway. can I say, because I got back, I got my first shot last weekend. Ah, nice. Yeah, sure. Whatever. But uh, it was Moderna. But when I was going in there, the people that were organizing it, one of the paramedics that were on the scene, he was like, the amount of people that come and when they hear that it's Moderna that they're giving, they leave because oh, wow. they, they only want Pfizer. And he's like, he was like, there's no it's Coke or Pepsi. It's Coke wow. or Pepsi for the most part. But he was like, as soon as they they've, uh, they've had a number of people that came walk ins to get their shot when they heard it was Moderna, they said, peace out. I'm out of here. Damn. But see, the the mixing thing does uh, concern me a little only because um like i saw uh on cp24 today this couple had a honeymoon to barbados plan they have to cancel it because other countries aren't considering two different vaccines in you as an actual vaccination as a full vaccination yeah that's why it concerns me because i'm like because only certain ones are approved in certain countries like a a sputnik vaccine isn't approved anywhere but russia (laughs) there's a sputnik (laughs) vaccine are you just that's making that up? It. You're making no, that up, right? That's what, no, it's what they call it. Am I lying, Nina? Am I lying? I don't know. I've never heard of that. I've never, I have not heard of the Sputnik vaccine. Holy. I'm pretty sure it's called the Sputnik. Maybe, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Internet tell me I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, on to what the uh, Swaminathan further said. Uh, it'll be a chaotic situation in countries if citizens start deciding when and who will be taking a second and third and a fourth dose. Now, Carly Lewis, who is the director of communications for Health Minister Christine Elliott, said that Ontario, drumroll please, will continue mixing vaccines, I do, I do declare. Ontario continues to follow the advice, not of the WHO, the World Health Organization, but uh, the lesser known, but apparently still as reputable National Advisory Committee on Immunization, otherwise known as NACI or NACI, which recommends that it is safe to mix vaccines. And this is based on studies from the UK, Spain and Germany that have found that mixing vaccines is safe and produces a strong immune response. To which I say to either one of you, do you agree or do you disagree? Uh, what are we, scientists? <laughs> I don't like the idea of it, but I got both my doses already, and they're the same, so I'm fine. And Solitaire, you got both the same as well, right? You have to understand, I'm OCD, and I had it in my mind that I'm whatever it is, I'm getting the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So, and I decided, I mean, Pfizer, let's be clear, Pfizer got in the branding game early, the success rate was high, 
They hadn't had any tarnishes to their name of their vaccine throughout the whole pandemic. I'm like, I want the Pfizer. I haven't heard anything negative about Moderna either, though. Yes, same. But Pfizer was like, I think Pfizer was was first. They were first. They were first and they were most like they didn't they had the least amount of like missteps throughout their rollout. Right. So I yeah, I got in other words, I got both the same. Whatever it was, if it was Moderna, I was gonna get Moderna, but I I made sure I got in the game early and I said Pfizer. And Mm. that's what I got. So how do you guys feel about this though, that um Canada's gonna not listen to the World Health Organization and continue to mix vaccines? I'm not a scientist, but it uh, makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Only because of the traveling stuff. Right. But you're not like, mixed, so people, you're okay. All these citizens now are... I'm fine, but all these citizens all these citizens now might be screwed when it comes to I traveling. Would, and I would be furious. If I were Wait. a Canadian citizen right now and I got two shots, one of each, whatever, Moderna and Pfizer, and then I wanted to plan a trip and I couldn't go somewhere because they said, no, you have to be vaccinated by the same one twice, I... I don't know, like, but you, there's no one to take your your anger or frustration out on. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna sue the government? Sue, like, Pull up to Trudeau's house. Yeah, give him- I would be furious if if it ruined my plans somehow because I'm, you know, listening to the advice of Canadian doctors, and then when you want to travel abroad, you can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Well, um, they've been a bit apparently in Ontario, not an apparently. Uh, Ontario has been mixing COVID vaccines for several weeks now, allowing mRNA vaccines to be given interchangeably. Uh, in addition to those who receive AstraZeneca as a first dose, are also able to take an mRNA as a second dose. It uh, sounds like a hot mess mm. to me. AstraZeneca before Pfizer never been sicker. And that's what I mean. Like I don't. <laughs> Pfizer before AstraZeneca, everything's fine. <laughs> so I, I just, it's, it's just, um, let's just say that it doesn't make it, the messaging any clearer or believable or reliable when you know one organization is saying one thing. But I will say that after reading, when you get to the to the end of the article, uh, the World Health uh, Chief Scientist Dr. Swaminathan. I got it right this time. She did end up saying that she wasn't necessarily talking about mixing like as advised by a doctor or a professional. They were more talking about on the consumer level, mixing and matching, like, you know, deci- deciding, well, I, if I can't, if I need this vaccine to go to wherever I want to travel, then I'm going to get this vaccine. And, you know, that's when it starts to get into uncharted waters. That's the same thing as what the government's advising us to do, though. They're basically saying whatever you can get, get it. They don't if you if you mix, you mix, so be it, whatever. But the advice, official advice from our health officials are get whatever one you can get and get it as soon as you can get. Hey, I didn't write it. (laughs) This is why people argue and don't know what to make of anything because they're getting, you know, mixed signals, basically. Yeah. Um, so we can get to. Uh, I think we have time for for one more story, uh, unless you want to talk about the vaccine passports, because we're obviously going to talk about that. I think we touched on it a little bit um, before. Probably touch on it a little bit again. But there has been some more openness to vaccine passports in Canada and where and how they will be used. But I want to go to a story of more, um, you know, pressing significance that. Uh, uh, as of last night, ladies and gentlemen, Toronto strip clubs uh, are now um, opening back for business. 
Finally. I'm sure a lot of people are happy about this. I'm sure a lot of it was definitely an industry that suffered uh, greatly during the pandemic. I hadn't thought about um, strip clubs. <laughs> I, neither have I, to be honest with you. But their reason why they are I'm bringing them up is because they're actually going to be requiring vaccinations for attendance. Yeah, I'm uh, unvaccinating my boyfriend. <laughs> you're gonna unvaccinate him? What are you, Dracula? Like you're a vaccine Dracula? Are you gonna? I'm gonna take a syringe and just start pulling whatever comes out. <laughs> Don't kill me. So, um, they interviewed uh, one of the owners at uh, Fillmore's, a famous downtown gentleman's establishment. And as part of its preparations for reopening, all of the staff at Fillmore's have received both doses of their vaccine. Um, the patrons will be required to have at least one dose. One dose, since dancers and staff will be wearing masks. Um, oh. Said, yeah, exactly. Uh, this, I'm not saying and, anything. That's so, <laughs> that's so weird. Continue. It's like you can't, you can't see my nose or my mouth, but you, but can, you can see, see everything, everything else. else. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever works. Safety first. Safety first, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Uh, the, the, now, it almost sounds worth it to go just to see what it looks like, but... <laughs> I'm not no. going to go, Mom. I'm just, I'm just saying. Now, uh, the owner, Cameron, was saying, we prefer to have a vaccine passport, but unfortunately, that doesn't exist at this time. So we're just going to take whatever measures we can to ensure the safety of our dancers, our staff, and our patrons. And at the same time, we're going to do everything and anything possible, even above what the government asks us to do. And he actually went on further to say that they didn't have any pushback from their staff. As a matter of fact, it had been more of a request on the staff and the dancer side. Are we going to be fully vaccinated? Are people going to be vaccinated? It's their concern, not just ours. What's going on at Zanzibar? uh, what's, What's the policy there, Solitaire? I think they're working on pretty much the same kind of principle. They're not going to have, uh, I don't know if they're going to have like some kind of, further screening other than asking people at the door, hey, uh, have you been vaccinated? And I'm pretty sure everybody's response is going to be, uh-huh. I don't <laughs> think they're going to ask for any like specific. I don't, and the, the, that's the thing. It doesn't officially exist. Not a national. They're going on the honor system. Yeah. 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 So, so um, you know, it's kind of like, hey, enter at your own risk. But I mean, it is a strip club. That's always been pretty much the mandate from. Enter at your own risk. From pre-pandemic <laughs> times, right? I thought that was interesting. (laughs) And um, obviously, uh, Ontario gyms, ladies and gentlemen, have also uh, been open. Nina is thrilled to bits about it. With all the waffles you'll be eating, Nina. You definitely need it. I need to go. Why do you think we work out, Reddy Fox? Seriously. This is is the perks. You can't outwork a diet. You can't outwork a bad diet. You really can't. You can get pretty close, and as close as I get is good enough. (laughs) Nobody is suggesting by any means that you should be eating these waffles seven days a week. These are meals that you work for. Anyway, stop ruining this for us, Reddy Fox. Ontario gyms are opening. I just received a notification today that the the gym in my condo is opening as well. Woo! For me. Um, And they'll be resuming uh, indoor operations at 50% capacity. Obviously, everything that's reopening is... There's there's definitely... um, restrictions as far as attendance and how many people that they can have in the space 
And the government has said that masking is not mandatory during workouts, but it is required for staff. And when clients are moving through the facility in between stations and lobbying areas, lobbying, <laughs> I'm still caught up in American politics. Uh, <laughs> consumers can expect to answer health screening questions. I'm assuming same kind of thing as with the strip club. It sounds like everybody's basically adopting the idea of the vaccine passport without there officially being a vaccine passport. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about these new policies? Uh, I'll ask you, Nina, because I know Reddy Fox is not going to the gym. Um, I'm just happy that the gym is back at 50% capacity because I look today for an appointment tomorrow and every single time slot is open because it's not just 10 people at a time and you get an hour and 15 minutes instead of just 50 minutes. But with the whole screen thing, it's like the same thing as when you go to the mall right now. You just do a little barcode thing and they just ask you, have you been outside the country? Have you been in contact with anyone? Do you have symptoms? But like everyone can lie about that. So like... (laughs) I don't know, like going off this honor policy is not really going to do much. Like it, like if people have it and they're, they're going to be selfish and still go, like it's not going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. Like there's no point. And for the record, out. I work at at home. <laughs> okay, the way you the way you said already you don't go to the gym or whatever listen i didn't man. mean it like th- i didn't mean it like that i just meant that you would not be stepping foot into a gym facility anytime soon because you work out at home <laughs> thanks solitaire I'll just say, um, I don't know. Uh, well, I spe- well, I'll tell you now that the condo at my the gym at my condo is opened up. It only is a capacity of three people, and I know that you know the majority of people who live downtown they pretty much work during the day, so I could get in and and do my workouts at off time. So I'm pretty excited about that. But I, yeah, I, I don't see myself between, and plus I work out with my trainer. Shouts out to, uh, to Selfit, Mary, um, Mary Robinson, my trainer, um, at Mary, Mary Buggin. And for, for those, uh, you know, shameless plug, she trains with me, but we've been training outdoors and, uh, we use weights outdoors. I got weights inside where I'll train virtually. So honestly, I don't see myself going back to a gym in that capacity to train, except for maybe when I need to do resistance, but that would be like once a week, really to lift really heavy. So um, but I'm happy that gyms are back, especially for people who need it for their mental health. Yeah, like, so. well, not just that, too, but a lot of people just can't work out at home. They, they, For whatever reason, they just can't. There's something about leaving the house, getting in your car, going to the gym that makes it more of a productive thing. I think, Nina, you're one of those folks that are like, you just can't work out at home. Yeah, like, I tried everything. It just, for me, it was just, like, lack of results. Like, I was just getting annoyed. Like, I took the last two weeks off because I'm like, yo, gyms are coming back. I'm going to relax and then just go hard for the next 12 weeks straight. Uh, no, you're never supposed to stop, Nina. Never stop. <laughs> Always do something. Even if you skip running. Anyway, that's enough of that, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure uh, now that everything is open, get outside, get active, you know, get back involved, and we'll, we'll take it one step at a time, all right? Be safe in doing that and now ladies and gentlemen we have to pay some bills for those of you who are listening to us on vibe 105 stay tuned we'll be right back for those of you listening to the podcast stay with us telling you nina if you're if you're i take i mean i uh, i can't describe it but i was like you when when we we stopped working out outside like when it was everybody chicken out it was too cold to work out outside so we went virtual i was like yo this shit ain't working i I don't know how long i'm gonna be able to do this but i I I stuck with it i used to be the opposite i used to do only her home workouts because i had anxiety going to the gym 
And then yeah. I finally built up the courage to go to the gym. And then I just like, I like it so much better. Like in four weeks, what I did in the gym, the last lockdown in four weeks was equivalent to two, two and a half months of progress from home workouts. Mm. And I worked out less. I was working out four times a week versus five. Yeah. <clears throat> no, 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 there's definitely no doubt about that. There's definitely no doubt. Like, especially because at the end of the day, even like diet and exercise, all the trainers and anybody saying like for a healthy lifestyle to maintain your fitness, you need to do some form of resistance training. So you do yeah. have to go to the gym and push weights that are beyond just your body weight and yeah. build and like, you know, slowly build. I think the thing that's been working for me is before I had kind of goals, like I was like, yo, I want to put on 20 pounds of muscle and I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to push a certain amount of weight to feel yeah. like, yo, you know, but now training with Mary has changed my mindset to like sustainability, to, to yeah. exercise, to functional, to like, you still want to, I'm still building strength, but it's not like the ultimate goal. So you're not. Every, not your only focus. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So I'm just saying, man, stay at whatever it is. Don't take a break, but take a break from the gym. But like, run. take a break, man. Yeah, it's too late. I took a break. I did treetop trek, and that's enough. I took the Especially break. Especially if you want to eat them waffles. <laughs> I took the break. Next week, I'm back in there. I'm going five times a week. I'm trying to hit that that same 12 week straight thing I was trying to do before the last lockdown came in the middle. That's what I'm trying to do again this time. Get that. Get that. That's what it's about. I'm excited. Oh man. So ready? What's your homework? That's like I don't know. Kettlebells, push-ups. I have Did you say dump- kettlebells? Well, I have a kettlebell, but um. Oh, I heard candlebells. I was like, what the? Candlebells? No, kettlebells. Kettlebells. I'm actually gonna start fucking with more, with, with more, uh, more and more with kettlebells. All of the trainers, like like a lot of the trainers, there's a consensus around like the the idea of what I was talking about, like building functional strength. The way that the mechanics of how you use your body to lift kettlebells and do those movements, it's like it unifies all your muscle groups. Because it, it shifts like, the weight too, just based on yeah. how the kettlebell is shaped and stuff too. So, and like all, it recruits a lot more different muscle groups throughout your body to work in unison to move the kettlebells like that. Yeah. So it's like it, it's it's easier on joints because you're swinging it as opposed to like a like a harsh like like quick movements. Yeah, kettlebell swings are almost the, the same as like doing burpees. Yeah. Sort of yeah. like the amount of muscles that your body gets worked from doing it. It's such a simple move too. And if you haven't done a lot of them and you even do like it feels easy to do like 20 of them, you do 20 and you're not used to doing it, your legs will be sore. Your legs I will be sore. Like, your hamstrings I like, especially. I feel like if another lockdown was to happen, uh, now because I have like a... a, like a, like a it's probably going to happen in September. Yeah, now that I have a reliable income, I think I'll actually start working towards buying a, a home gym, like a proper gym. The only reason I wasn't buying stuff before was because I genuinely couldn't afford it. Well, what do you mean by a home proper gym? Because you can do... Wait, like wait. Yeah, but I was going to say, like just with dumbbell, dumbbells alone, you can do so many different things with just a couple of pairs of dumbbells. You don't no, have I, to have a lot at home to be able to work out, to be honest with no, you. No, I know that, but I have no dumbbells and nothing. Like, right. I want to a squat rack a bench um and then like dumbbells obviously a couple dumbbells um and put it in the garage Uh, yeah but i have a space in the basement too that i think i'm gonna put it in i just need to get my parents to agree to clear out some of this nonsense that's down here nonsense she says (laughs) just start clearing it out just start doing it systematically like honestly 
I want to do the garage, but they're like, no, we need to park the cars inside. I'm like, all right, whatever, bro. You know, one of the most brilliant methods that I learned from that is um, from Shawshank Redemption, man. Like, just every every little bit of gravel in his pocket every day. And he did. I'm going to do that, you know. I, I started today already, actually. I took some boxes, through them in the garage. And my dad's like, oh, is that garbage? I'm like, yeah. And he went and broke them all down through them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> little by little man redemption style. all right yeah. let's get back into radio so we can get closer to the end <laughs> always the optimist yes good morning ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the program you're tuned in dialed in and locked into the greatest conversation on the planet welcome to hashtag yours truly solitaire DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina, we are the squad to listen to every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to discuss politics as usual with Ready Fox. Well, there's always a lot that's going on. It's actually hard sometimes to decide what to talk about. Um, But this is going to be like another Have You Heard style of things that have happened. Um, So just a quick overview, and hopefully we'll have time to get to all of this, but... um, Another residential school mass grave was found uh, near Vancouver Island. Um, I think that was last week. It might have been the week before. I'm not even sure. It's actually getting harder to keep track of the discoveries now that more and more keep popping up. But anytime there's a discovery, I will not not mention it. I will at least let it be known that there was another discovery found. And hopefully the more people that hear about them, the more pressure the government will feel to do actually really do something to help indigenous people as opposed to the performative BS that they usually do. Um, Also in the news this week, the greatest island of all time, Jamaica, (laughs) plans to file a petition for reparations from Britain. I was like, yes. Can I I say, boop, 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 boop. There you go. (laughs) Sounded a little Grenadian, but still, that was was good. (laughs) Your gunshot sounds are okay. Um, It's only because I don't want to blow the mic out. Right, yeah. yeah. But honestly, I was so surprised to see this, and... I don't think it'll work. I don't think Britain will agree to it. But the fact that Jamaica is going to file a petition or plan to file a petition to ask for reparations, I'm here for it. And I hope that will lead to Haiti doing that with France. But um, (laughs) Haiti's going through so many problems right now just with that recent assassination there um, and the whole nine. But uh, talk about doom scrolling. Anyways, moving on. Question for you guys, and we'll talk about it when we get to it. Is it rude or an invasion of privacy to ask someone if they've been vaccinated? Mm. And also, is it okay to make mandatory make vaccinations mandatory if you want to attend college or university? Because Seneca College is going to be the first college in Ontario to make it mandatory for you to be fully vaccinated, to be in class, uh, in-person classes mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And um, again, it caused a huge debate online about whether it's right or wrong to do this and all that so we'll discuss that and it's official it's really going to happen we spoke about this last week and we're going to follow up with it now dundas street is going to get renamed everything with the word dundas on it is going to get changed and i want to ask you guys if your opinion since the last time we spoke about it last week has it changed uh do you guys still feel like it's pointless or do you think this is progress and we're going to talk about tips about how to stop doom scrolling because it just feels like there's so much stuff happening in the world. And just what happened in Germany on uh, Wednesday, Thursday with that mass flood that killed like 60 people, I think, was the death count, at least what I know of recently. And there was at least 120 people unaccounted for in these flash floods that happened in Germany. 
And it's just, you can look anywhere on the map and there's something crazy happening. South Africa, there's violence happening there. You know, of course, there's stuff in Israel with Palestinian rights and stuff. But it's it's nonstop. You could literally scroll through your phone all day and see nothing but bad news. And it's not healthy. It's not good for you. Nope. So we're going to have tips for doom scrolling. If we don't get it to, to it this week, we will talk about it next week. So let's start with the first story real quick. More than 160 unmarked graves were confirmed at a site at a residential school, uh, Cooper, Cooper Island Residential School near Vancouver Island. Um, this school operated between 1889 and 1975, and it was ran by the federal government and the Roman Catholic Church. You guys, say it again. Say it again. The Roman Catholic Church. You guys need to come out with a formal apology. Bare minimum, you guys need to do this. But um, the Penalucut tribe um, confirmed that 160 unmarked, undocumented graves were found in the territory there near Vancouver Island. So it's just another one coming after BC and Saskatchewan and we do expect more, but I don't know, just initially again, hearing about a new discovery, what are your thoughts when you first hear about it? Solitaire. I don't, I, I... I think I'm like, I I think I'm like you, Reddy Fox, in the sense that I put it off until I, I know that we'll eventually get to touching on it for this show and i'm i i'm almost like ashamed to say that i've become numb to it it's just to hear these numbers it's almost like when you start to really reckon with what is what they're discovering and what the repercussions are it's it's like how do you how do you grasp how do you deal with that how do you reckon with that and i'm not even of that descent like as mm-hmm. a as somebody as a member of a visible minority of a, of a you know historically oppressed group of people i can you know i can commiserate i can um no sorry i can empathize obviously with how that must feel but i i don't even know, i didn't even know what to think anymore yeah nina did you hear about it too this cooper island Van- yeah, near I- vancouver island <laughs> I heard about it, um, and when I saw it, yeah, it was just like, like it was like disappointing but not surprised kind of thing. Like right. I feel like no matter what, every single school they go to, they're gonna find, and it makes you wonder too. Like, is this actually the real number, or was there more? Like that's also what I wonder as well. But yeah, disappointing but not surprised, unfortunately. And yeah, I just I just think for sure it's gonna happen at every single place that they search and places that they don't search. I right. Think there's- and do you guys think the more discoveries that come that will eventually get a formal apology from the Pope uh, in, for the role that the Catholic Church has played in this? Nina? Uh, I hope so, but I feel like no. Because hmm. I feel like it should have come, if anything, not to not to take away from the other numbers, but if anything, it should have came at the very least at that 800 number. Like, that's a... Like, I'm not saying the other numbers are not a lot and stuff, but like 800, like... And you're not going to say anything like that's just a little ridiculous. To so, me. Solitaire, you bet, man, you think uh, we're going to get an apology, an official apology from the Catholic Church? I think if they want to have any kind of credibility with the younger gener- with the next generation who is who are act who are actively, you know, investigating or, or you know, holding these these institutions, these traditional institutions accountable for the things and the behaviors that they've influenced. And the havoc that they've wreaked. Um, so, will they? Mm, I don't know. I think when they when they see their numbers start to like you know dwindle in you know by the millions, they they might determine because I think like that's what this the this current pope is 
is, you know, credited with being a lot more open-minded, which is why I'm so surprised that this is the hill for them to say, to dig their heels in and say, well, we're going to just say that, you know, it is a tragedy that's happened. But I didn't even know what he's, what his comments were. It, it, he, to me, he it's acknowledged like anything, it, but he didn't offer any sort of apology. Like any, no Anything short of an apology is unacceptable. And I don't understand, it, like, you're just making your, your, yourself look worse by, you know, refusing to give the apology. You know what it is? I think that the determination is apologizing means accepting, uh, you know, accountability and saying that you, you've actually committed what everybody is suggesting. It's almost like they're giving the allegations uh, basis by when they do apologize. So they stop short of apologizing and continue to acknowledge acknowledge the pain as a way of trying to say that, you know, they're aware of it, but absolving themselves of the responsibility of saying, yeah, we perpetrated this genocide. Yeah. Yeah, Catholic Church, honestly, you guys are trash. And again, you're lucky there's not a nation of little boys, an official nation of little boys, because there'd be a whole other apology having to come for, for that that's as whole, well, too. That's, listen, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms, but it's just all part and parcel of the reputation, the, the destroyed reputation of the Catholic Church. And a, the, among 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 non-religious folk, and not what do you mean non-religious folk? Religious folk too. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are Catholic who ascribe to all like the proper whatever stuff that is good about it. Who see mm-hmm. this kind of stuff happening? They're like, yo, this is shameful. Like, they yeah. probably still would I, like to see an apology come from the church, even though they're devout Catholics. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the story about that priest who uh, basically uh, stood on and, and preached on, during his sermon? Oh, about he lost how- his job. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he lost yeah. his job. So I think that um, when it comes to uh, forthcoming or honest apology coming from the church, it's it's it becomes more than about the act of genocide that that is being exposed, but it's more about their, you know, everything that they profess to be. It's like an acknowledgement that they aren't as pure and as divine and as you know, like holier than thou. Uh, Right. To put it that way, as as people as people hold them out to be. Now, I, I do recognize the importance of the church at the community level. You know, while kind of you know, I think the same way you're not supposed to generalize and you de- you treat people as you meet them on a daily basis. I think there there are a lot of important things that the Catholic Church on at, for in terms of local communities. It's important. It's an important institution and a valuable institution. But overall. From the top down, right. Yeah, well, yeah, you could say that about any religion. Any, I've always said that I'm not particularly the most religious person, but if it encourages you to do or inspires you to do good in the world and to help your fellow man, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And that's important in your community as well, too, regardless of whatever religious creed you are. And that applies to the Catholic Church as well. But, you know, they just need to, they just need to apologize. But let's move on because I was yeah. so happy to see this story. Jamaica is seeking billions in reparations from the UK over British 
over the British slave trade, and I love it. I'm here for it. So how it, was that one? How was that one? I didn't how even was... hear it. You you cut out when you were saying you wanted you want to try again with Jamaican gunshots. No, no, it's too, no, it's too late. The moment is passed. Yeah? Okay, now that's fine. Passing. All right, so Jamaica intends to file a petition uh, to demand reparations from the British government. Now this is still pending approval from the National Council of Reparations in Jamaica, but uh, the petition was based on a motion by a Jamaican Labour Party member by the name of Mike Henry. Now he valued it at. Um, $10.5 billion or 7.6 billion pounds. And he said the, the way he came up with that amount is that he's just basically asking for the same amount that the 20 million pounds that was given to compensate the enslavers, the people that were doing the enslaving, they got reparations at the time. The same thing happened in the States too, by the way, when they about just because they, because this was going to be a loss of profits for them now. So Yes, we got to stop slavery. So here you guys, here's some money for you guys until you can sort yourselves out. So they gave money to the enslavers and nothing to the slaves, basically. Imagine they, that. Imagine, imagine that. that. And they did the same thing in the States as well, too. They gave reparations to the slave owners to compensate them for their loss in profits. And to this day, they're still arguing in the States about reparations uh, for, for black people, basically. So uh, this Mike Henry person, he said he basically was saying that Based on how interest works and when um, the slave trade ended in 1807, um, or was it 1807? Sorry, 1834, I think, when they officially abolished slavery. And just based on interest and all that, it works out to about $10.5 billion. Uh, The British government uh, took control of Jamaica from Spain in uh, 1655. And then Jamaica didn't actually become an an independent country until 1962. It's still a Commonwealth country. But um, yeah, I hope this goes through. And just in a related note as well, France, you guys owe Haiti bigly, 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 really and truly. Like, I encourage everybody out there just to read the story about how France basically extorted money out of Haiti for their freedom because they fought for their freedom. And then France threatened them with invasion if they didn't pay them a ton of billions that I think Haiti just paid back like a few years ago, like maybe 10 years ago. You guys can look it up or whatever, but France, you owe Haiti big time. So I don't know. Any that, thoughts on this? And that's facts. Yeah. There's nothing more that needs to be said, Ready Fox. That's 100% facts. Um, I've only really just been coming to learn about, you know, that the real deep history of, uh, you know, France and Haiti. Um, it's only been really, you know, very surface. I just know that Haiti's the, you know, they're like, you know, we're, we're not being, uh, uh, we're not becoming a part of your, you know, your monarchy. We're, you know, we're revolting and, and they were punished for being the only place in the world that was not going to be part of, uh, the, uh, what do they call it again? Uh, the French empire, monarchy, yeah. uh, empire, there you go, French empire. Right? So, I don't know. anyway, so just. Google it, take a look, see, like, learn more about how Haiti got extorted by France and how France should be paying reparations to Haiti. And I hope Jamaica wins this. And they're not being bozy. Why do you think you're gonna get? A, you think you're gonna get like a monthly like a stipend or something? Well, then, like, but maybe my parents stipend. will. <laughs> you never know. Who knows? Um, okay, so let's move on. We're it's impossible to not talk about vaccinations and vaccine passports and the whole nine. And we're started sort of entering this uh, new weird social dilemma of talking about it publicly with people now and all that i i don't personally think it's taboo but let me ask you guys and i'll start with you nina do you think it's too much of a personal question asking someone if they've been vaccinated or not is that is that a personal is that an invasion of privacy what are your thoughts on that 
Um, so funny enough, I actually notify people when I, when I'm, when I'm talking to them and I sense that they're a little bit like, like they're, they're for vaccinations. I actually notify them like, Oh, like, by the way, like I'm fully vaxxed or like they'll ask or I'll ask them. And like, and then from there, like I sense the conversation is a lot easier. Like it happened when I got my haircut. Um, it happened when I got my nails done. It happened when I went treetop trekking. Like you know. So, so how did? But how does it go? Like you're just kind of talking, and then it kind of conversation sort of kind of veers towards vaccination. Some of them at the treetop trekking, it was different. I landed on the zip line, and the girl she turned away, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, like you don't have your mask on." Um, and she's like, I, "It's just because of COVID." Like, sorry, I just turned away. Like, I wasn't trying to be rude. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's fine." And I'm like. By the way, like I'm fully vaxxed if that makes you feel a little more easier. And she's like, mm-hmm. Oh, she's like, No, it does help. And she's like, She's like, Yeah, I'm getting mine like next week. And I'm like, Okay, cool. <laughs> like, you know? So I find myself just giving out that information myself. Uh, do I find it uh, too Im- much of a personal question? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, people ask people if they got the flu shot. And you ask people if you got, like, you know, in Grady, I remember we got the, the HPV shots and stuff. Like, you know, so I, I don't know if I really consider it a personal question. I I just tell people based on whether or not, if you're an anti-vaxxer and you're talking about it, I'm just going to agree with what you say. I'm not even going to tell you I'm vaccinated and just leave it at that. Mm. Basically, is how I'm moving. And if you're for vaccinations and we talk about it, I'll throw it in there. Yeah, I'm fully vaxxed. Like, and then they'll talk about it. And then, yeah. Have you been in any arguments with anti-vaxxers? Uh somebody in my household <laughs> I want the anti-vaxxer but is against getting their second dose and I'm like I'm like uh okay I'm like you don't have to push your you because she messaged the group chat and sent a bunch of nonsense and I'm like I really don't care like you don't have to push this she's like why are you getting so defensive I'm like I'm not getting defensive you're just putting nonsense in here for no reason mm. <laughs> okay so, okay solitary what do you think do you think it's too much of a personal question to ask somebody if they're vaccinated is that a, an invasion of privacy not not in not in 2021 not after a global a global pandemic or pandemic depending on you know what side of the spectrum you're on but it is a valid question depending on the context i mean if you're just in the grocery store and you're just having casual conversation and you're like hey by the way are you vaccinated i'd be like are you (laughs) (laughs) and that would be my my typical response but like what nina said is that's that's cold man listen if you're vaccinated and you're not trying to like say, hey, everybody, I mean, there's there's certain people who are public personalities who I think it is a responsibility. And I mean, I guess I could put myself in that category as well, where it's like it's important to, to <clears throat> encourage people to get vaccinated if you know that to be something that is safe and, and important uh, to make your voice be heard. But on a on a day to day, my modus operandi is I'm safe. I'm vaccinated. However you decide to get through life, if we encounter each other at a chance in a coffee shop or at a grocery store or in an elevator, I'm not worried about myself. And everybody has, you know, with varying degrees, access to a vaccine. So I think that if I'm going to date somebody, I'd probably ask them, hey, you're vaccinated. I'm not saying that that would be like a a game breaker or a game changer, yes or no, but it would definitely give me a, you know, I'd I'd definitely ask why and then see what they'd have to say. But I don't think it's personal anymore. Okay. Well, Seneca. Okay. Well, Seneca College, they're going to be the first uh, college in in Ontario that is going to be make it mandatory for anyone that's attending classes on campus in person to be fully vaccinated. And that's going to be taking effect as of September uh, 7th. 
Um, so they've got uh, campuses in New York region as well as Peterborough and, of course, in Toronto. And um, other universities and colleges are actually thinking of following suit as well. Um, they've previously announced some other universities and colleges that they may require students living in residence to get vaccinated. That's going to probably be the bare minimum if you're living in residence, obviously with a whole bunch of other students in an enclosed environment. They, they're going to recommend that you be fully vaccinated. But again, vaccination is not mandatory in the province of Ontario. Just going to remind people of that. But Ryerson and U of T are actually looking at this as well. So just currently, 78% of eligible uh, Ontarians are have at least one dose. And as of right now, 54% of Ontarians, eligible ones, are fully vaccinated as well. So um, as for the unvaccinated students... Um, there will be options because Seneca is going to be delivering programs, not just in person on campus, but also online. So there'll be a hybrid mix of classes for online plus uh, on campus. So they're going to try to be flexible with their schedules and whatnot. So if students choose not to be vaccinated, then they'll have to do homeschooling or online courses from home, basically. So how do you guys yeah, feel about Seneca, Seneca College doing this? Do you feel like it's an infringement? on? I saw people on Twitter saying all sorts of stuff like, you know, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. This shouldn't be allowed. Uh, you, you can't enforce this by the law. This is a violation of human rights. So what? how do you feel about Seneca College doing this? And I'll start with you as well, Nina. Go ahead. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, hello, literally in the eighth grade in elementary school, we got the HPV vaccine in the school library. Like, we literally got the shot on the property like you know so i don't think it's a bad thing i swear you have to have the tuberculosis shot and some other shots too before you enroll in a school so i don't think it's uh an infringement on rights at all because this is something that's been practiced right Um, and and just to follow up with your point because you mentioned the flu shot before as well you know what it is it's that the flu shot the hpv all that it hasn't been politicized and that's really what it is we're in an environment right now where Politically, it's never been more diverse in terms of between conservatives and liberals. And that's part of, I think, the byproduct of what we're seeing now with the vaccination um, with COVID is that it's been very politicized. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, we're seeing all these arguments. So, Solitaire, what's your thoughts on Seneca College being the first college making it mandatory to have vaccinations? Listen, uh, like I've been saying, and and obviously when it comes down to it, it's a very nuanced and detailed, you know, discussion as far as like when, you know, the slippery slope of, you know, this two tier society that you're eventually starting to create. One, um, I think it was a psychologist that was saying it might be a little bit too early to impose vaccine, especially if, you know, COVID is dangerous right now, but it's, it's not like, you know, such a high death rate that it might be a little bit too early to impose it. But, I think that's what it's got to be. I think vaccinated people, and I know people who aren't vaccinated will say, well, you know, um, you. if everybody else is vaccinated, why should I have to get vaccinated? But um, if I choose to get vaccinated and to protect my community and to protect the, the workers and to protect the, the, the students or whatever the case is, we're determined in that for our organization, we all agree that we want to make sure that everybody who comes into the building with us is vaccinated. It's an institution. You pay money. Like if you don't like it, take your business elsewhere. There's also options for you to get the same education online. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say about that. Okay. All right. We'll see how this goes. I'm not necessarily a fan of the idea of making it mandatory, but um, 
I get it. We might, I would like to maybe see if we can get an actual doctor on the show that we can ask them some questions about this, because I do have questions. I have a lot of questions, but we're running out of time. We only have a couple of minutes left in the segment, so we'll have to save doom scrolling for next week. But just don't do it. Just don't spend all day on your phone looking at bad horror stories of the news because there's so much going on in the world. But just real quick, we spoke about it last week, and it's going to officially happen now. Toronto City Council voted by a vote margin of 17 to 7. Dundas Street is going to get, and or anything with Dundas on it, is going to be renamed. And we're talking about a lot of stuff has Dundas on it. This is all because of an old-time Scottish minister by the name of Henry Dundas, who was against slavery, and he worked to keep it installed and all that stuff. So people found out about this and said, well, I don't want stuff named after Dundas. And a petition was started. At least 15,000 people signed it, which, again, to me is like, that doesn't feel like a good enough threshold to take action on in a city of millions of people if only 15,000 people want something. But again, that's just me. But we're talking about 730 street signs, two subway stations, um, 13 park signs, 31 bike share stations, a museum, a fire station, the Toronto Public Library, uh, Dundas as well. So um, it's going to cost it about $6.3 million to do this, and they could start as early as 2023. And the whole redeeming process. So real quickly, this is just a bullet shot question for you guys. Has your opinion about this changed since we spoke about it last week? Is it progress or is it pointless? And I'll start with you, Nina. No, because of what Solitaire said, we could invest that those millions of dollars into the indigenous communities. Mm, okay, so you, you're saying pointless. Yeah. Mm. Solitaire? No. <laughs> your opinion has not changed. It has not changed. But I will say this. For whoever is affected by this and takes this as a victory, I'm all for that because you know you need to you need to get that fulfillment, that feeling of closure. And as somebody who strives for closure in my life, I identify with that. So I say that it's a victory if you feel it. If you take it as a small victory, so be it. I still think that it could have been. Uh, it's taken away from a much bigger conversation to me. Okay, well, I think it's actually spurred conversation as well, too, because at the yes. same time you can oppose it, you can also bring up the ideas in terms of what you feel would be better used for spending that money. And we wouldn't be having the conversation at all if it wasn't for the fact that they were doing it in the first place. So I'm still all for it. I still kind of, I'm sort of leaning more towards your side of it, uh, Nina and Solitaire, in terms of the money could be better spent elsewhere. It's just a question of priorities, really, is what it is, right? But I. In the end, I made this point last week when we went off the air. I didn't say this on the air, but I'll just say real quick. Someone on Twitter said, reconciliation is expensive. If you really want to do it properly, then it shouldn't be a zero-sum game where you either do one thing or another thing. Do it all. And if it's going to cost a boatload of money, it's going to cost a boatload of money. That's the price you pay for 400 years of you know, oppression and colonization the, in the whole but, line. But start, but start higher up. Start higher up <laughs> in the priority list. Then Listen, I'm a, as you said, Ray Fox, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm here for not ever having to say Dundas Street again in my life. I could care. I could not care any less. So I'm here for them changing it. Yeah. But I'm the same. They could have waited a few years for that. Right. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. And we may talk about this more because it is actually a fascinating uh, topic to me because there are so many nuances and angles to it in terms of how the decision will be made. What are you going to rename it? How many people does it take for you to take it seriously? Because, again, I don't feel like 15,000 people is enough people to 
to take action on something, but that's just me. So we may continue to talk about this and see how it goes, but that's it for politics as usual. Excellent. Ready, Fox? Insightful discussion as usual. Appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings politics as usual to a close. That means we've got to pay some bills right now. If you're listening to Vibe 105, please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. If you're listening to the podcast, stay with us. Listen. I'm go refill my water bottle. Right yeah, back. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, I, I guess I like. I have no horse in this race as far as the decision is concerned. Like when that when I heard it, I was not. I'm not like, fuck, that was stupid. I'm like, okay. I, I rate the fact that enough people came together to to say that this is something that we believe is an important change that we can make right now, and that they decided to do it because that's. That's monumental. I've never experienced that <clears throat> in in a place in my home, my hometown. Like my entire life, I've grown up. Dundas is such a integral part of everything I've grown up. Like whether you talk about getting off to go to the Eden Center, or the movies, or shopping, or parades, or hanging out. You know what I mean? Like Dundas West, the streetcar. So there's so many memories involved in it. But at the same time, I'm complete. Like that's not something I'm sentimental about. Where well, I'm like, it was Shakespeare, man. A rose by any a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet, right? So exactly, it's the location more than the name. So that's why that's why I separate myself from like, yes, the symbolism of it. But I'm not. I'm sentimental about certain. I'm sentimental more about experiences of my friends and my relationships than I am about things. So it doesn't resonate with me as much as like that. There's so many other things that would be to me, to me. Anyway. Right. And, and we didn't have time in the radio portion of the show to discuss the article that you sent uh, by Shireen Taylor on Bloomberg City Lab. It's called How Renaming a Toronto Street Glosses Over Racism. And basically her point, her argument was, what does it mean to change the name of a street if oppression, racism and remnants of colonial colonialism still have a home? So she was just basically saying, you know, spend that money to actually improve black people's lives as opposed to changing names on streets because it's just branding for the city. It's a way to make them look like they're quote unquote woke when they're not really doing anything at all. And I think six million is pissing in the wind for them as opposed to doing actually real change where it may be it's so soft. It's so yeah, it's, soft. It's beyond soft. For signs. For signs. Yeah, again, for signs. I, I don't disagree. But at the same time, I mean, fuck Henry Dundas, man. Like, hey, fuck that hey. guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Of course. I, and that's and that's why I'm saying, like, literally when I heard the news, I was like, I was, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I know it was just, like, one more vote that had to when we just talked about it last week. Yeah. For some reason, I just assumed that it was going to get blocked and we'd be like, oh, well, there you go. And I'd be like, yeah, it's a good thing that it's blocked. But now that it's it's actually passing, I'm like, it's a good thing that it's passed. I'm not, I'm not, against, I'm not for it or against it. I just wish that the championing of a cause was something else more tangible. And I don't I don't disagree with the arguments she's making in this article per se, but at the same time I think she is still losing sight of the fact that it's people asked for this. This isn't like yeah, the, yeah. it's not like the city just out of the blue proposed, you know what, we're gonna change the name of Dundas. You guys may not know this, but Dundas is named after Henry Dundas. He fought against slavery. So we're gonna change it. No. <laughs> This was yeah. people getting together, creating a petition and saying, we want this name change. So the people are to blame for this as much as the government, if you want to shit on the government for this as well. But um, people 
signing petitions again i'm like yo fifteen thousand, bro like that's not a lot of people and i don't like this idea of all it takes is like ten thousand people to say well we want this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you need more you need more people than that and if you can't if you if this petition came in your dropped in your email box and you saw it would you have signed it Honestly, probably. Yes, you would have. I know you would have. And I, you would have too, Solitaire. You both <laughs> would have. I probably would have signed it too. And we'd be just as culpable as everyone else that contributed to the $6.3 million getting no, pissed no, in the I, wind. I, I know it. No, I, I don't think I would have signed it. You would have. No, no, I don't think so. You would have. Yes, you I would. I, don't tell me what I wouldn't do. You can tell me. <laughs> don't tell me what. All right. <laughs> I would consider it like I might share it, but I mean, I'm number one. I'm not really a big petition believer in petitions, but I mean, obviously in this case, it actually was a success, but I see again, it's it's insidious. I think it's a success because they were like, yeah, let's just do this and shut these niggers up. (laughs) What what is that way? I'm just saying that again, why why was this one listened to and voted on and passed so quickly? Again, because when you, like even when you think about it, like think about it in terms of this, where that money is being spent, they're changing they're changing sign names. They're gonna there's gonna be contractors that get jobs. There's gonna be like the workers that get jobs. There's gonna be print companies. There's gonna be so many different industries that are gonna soak up all that six million dollars and benefit from it for us to be like, yeah. Dundas, fuck you. Now you're, you're whatever, you're like, you're downtown street. Downtown street. Meanwhile, everybody else got paid. 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 <laughs> Yo, I want to get paid too. Why should they get, why should Dundas, like, everybody's living off Dundas except for us. We should get paid off of that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah that's all... my man. Anyway, that's just me. Sorry for cursing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, okay. But that's how I feel. We've been going on for a little bit, but um, this overall, I've been feeling, and I saw this clip by George Carlin on YouTube where he was like, "Yo, life got better for me when I stopped caring about the outcome of how things are going." With, but see, that's a, that's not a good thing to not care. It's not mm-hmm. good to not care, man. I don't. The, the thing is. I would add to that. I think it's he's not necessarily saying that you shouldn't care about what you're doing, but he should. It, I think it more so. I would add to it to say that as long as you're living the choices that you're making in your life are living in your purpose, you can't control the outcome. You can only do the best that you can in that moment. So it's like, yo, I've done my best. I left it on the floor. The outcome is the outcome. I, the that, thing that's is, we can I always answer. do more. We 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 always feel like we can't do much, but there's always more but, that you can do. But that's but that doesn't mean that you don't care about what you're doing. It's not focusing on like if it doesn't happen the way that you're and that you're projecting, do you give up? I don't know because the, the, the only why I'm inspired that's what inspired the whole doom scrolling thing for me because I keep seeing so many things happening in the news and I'm just like, oh my god, this is horrible. But it's like I'm helpless. Like there's nothing I can do about it. Even with stuff that's happening in the States, which is happening all the time, every fucking day, you see some story about a black person being brutalized by police, or there's some bullshit trial where they arrest a black man for doing something that's not even close to similar to what an army of white people did on January 6th and stuff. And 
It's just I see that shit every fuck and it boils my fucking blood. It boils my blood to see the amount of bullshit that's just only happening in the States alone. Never mind what's happening around the world totally. I'm like, sometimes I feel like, what do I have a choice? Either I stop caring and save myself the mental stress of caring or... Is it irresponsible of me as an adult to just check out and be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know what's happening in Israel. I don't know what's happening to Palestinians. Like, that's not a good option either. No. The fuck are you the supposed to do? What's the solution? Move to Mars. Move to Mars. Different would... planet, different problems. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just like Richard Branson and, and Jeff Bezos and all that. Fuck those Biden. guys, too. No, by but the way. seriously, that's what it feels like the only solution is because, yeah, if you're living on, on this planet and like there's really all this stuff happening everywhere, like there really is, like, I know it's not a real solution, but like there's no, there's no winning. There's no winning at it all. It feels like evil's winning, bro. Evil yeah. is winning on this planet right now, especially in the States. It's out of control how bad evil's winning down there. Like, I'm sure evil's winning here in Canada, too, but evil's polite in Canada, at least. <laughs> like, you know, like, evil's not going to, like, go full evil in your face. But I'm just saying, man, the world is so they're, fucked they're up. Gonna, they're gonna, the, evil, evil in Canada is going to poison you with, like, they're going to put some, some poison in your food where you're going to fall asleep and die. Like, you're not yeah. going to die in pain. You're going to die, like, in your sleep, yeah. and nobody's going to know what the cause it's is. It's going to give you, like, some... It's gonna, the, evil will cook maple syrup pancakes for you, but put arsenic in the syrup yeah. so you enjoy <laughs> the meal, and then you don't know why you died, but you were happy because you were full, right? Yeah, ex- like, exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> That's Canadian evil for you. So. Which is even more insidious. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. I'd rather evil in my face than... Yeah, I want the, I want the straight, the straight evil chaser evil, like the gut in my face. Like You, you know, want American evil. Yeah. 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 Right, okay. Pure. Well. I want my evil pure, like American. Yeah, okay. Anyways, um, let me see what time it is. Okay, we should get back into radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Of course, you are listening to the greatest conversation on the planet. Hashtag yours truly solitaire. DJ Ready Fox, no better Nina. Make sure you're following us and sharing us and liking our posts and talking about our posts and commenting (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram. It's all about us. It's all about us. No, it's all about us, including the audience. The listener. Yeah. It's all of us. All of us. So let's conversate together. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hashtag Vibe105. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I pass the microphone over to No Better Nina and Music News. Okay, so this week, um, okay, so Cardi B and Offset recently caught some flack for the gifts they got their daughter Culture for her third birthday. (laughs) Why are you emphasizing third, Nina? Oh, because just wait till you see what they got her. So they threw her a fairy tale themed party complete with a towering Cinderella cake, a petting zoo, balloon tunnel, and some Disney princesses. Offset gifted his daughter a $250,000 Richard Millie watch, upping the Birkin bag he got her last year for her second birthday, while Cardi gifted her an Eliante charm necklace featuring a Chanel logo charm, a Minnie Mouse charm, a heart charm with a bow on it, and a K charm. Now, people on social media were quick to get at Cardi and Offset for their choice and gifts for their daughter, to which Cardi responded with videos of Culture playing with actual toys. The other guests got her. Cardi also said if she's going to be iced out and dripping in designer, then so will her baby. Otherwise, it looks bad. What do you think of celebrities buying their kids such lavish gifts? Like, do you see these gifts as an investment into Culture's future in some, in some way, shape, or form? What do you guys think of this? 
You go for solitaire. Uh, let's start with a complicated answer. No. <laughs> I don't think that these are investments into their child's future. I think they're investments into building poor characters <laughs> when they get older. I think they're investments into turning them into brats who don't understand the value of a dollar when they grow up. That's what I think they're investing into. However, do they have the right to buy their kids these things? Absolutely. Do I care? No. When you said Richard Milley watch in the Birking bag and I'm in my mind, I'm trying to like conceptualize or visualize what Picture these that? things are. And I am completely at a, you know, at a zero sum game. Like I have no idea. This is completely meaningless <clears throat> to me what these things are. And, uh, you know, you have to care for, you have to care about that stuff to, for that to even resonate with you. And Reddy Fox, I feel like I'm speaking for you as well. Well, you pretty much are. I have never even heard of Eliante until literally Nina just said it two seconds ago. So, but this is the thing, though. This is really, I saw this kind of percolating on the news stories and stuff. A lot of people were upset about this because of how lavish these gifts are. First of all, this three-year-old doesn't even appreciate how expensive the gifts are in the first place. It's She's nothing. like playing with the box more. And with exactly. I was just about to say, uh, 100% batting average when you give a, ch- a baby a toy the box play with the box first <laughs> they yeah. play with the box but this is this is something that wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for social media straight mm-hmm. goods growing up i didn't know anything about anything celebrities bought for their kids nothing i didn't know what they did in their spare time nothing the only thing i knew was whatever made them famous is what i saw whether it was their tv show or their movie. I didn't know anything about what celebrities did in their spare time. And I think that's why we suffer so much as a society today. And people have these weird expectations about what they can do in life and all this and that. Because they're seeing these lavish lifestyles that we normally didn't see before. But thanks to social media, we see it now as well. And I'm, I'm not against what they... I don't really care that they bought their kids expensive gifts per se. But I understand it. Like these guys like Cardi and... What's his name? They're... Offset, whatever. I'm. Just, I don't think they grew up rich. I think they. Yeah, no, no, no. I think they grew up poor or whatever. So it's that mentality of you know what I have it now. I don't want my kid to ever not know what it's like to not have it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I understand that mentality. I do. It's you never know what they're going to teach their kids in terms of the values of earning a dollar in the first place, right? You never yeah. know. Yeah. No, for sure. And I I agree with that aspect of it. Um, I do think it's stupid though to go this overboard because I guaranteed she's gonna bust the diamonds off the watch or the chain running around and falling and hitting something or playing with her friends. So it's going to lose its value anyways. But with the Birkin bag, I can say I see, I mean, I don't know if she's going to sell it eventually or whatever, but an investment into her future because that bag goes up every couple years in price. And I don't know about you guys, but for me as a kid, like my parents used to get us every now and then these like fancy Barbie dolls and these fancy boxes, these limited edition Barbies, Christmas Barbie, Indian Barbie, whatever Barbie. And they we had an Indian Barbie. I think so. We were never allowed to open them ever. And so they were upstairs in a closet in my grandparents' house. Even they didn't even keep it at our house and they were upstairs in the closet. Hold on, and- was this, was this, these were for you, right? Yeah, for me or like my sisters or like whoever they got it for. All will go straight to my grandparents' house. Upstairs in the closet. We're not touch it. We're not to open it. Mom's like, oh, you could sell it in a couple of years. And to this day, I never seen the damn Barbies. I never sold them. Like, but like at that point in time, it was like 
oh, it's a limited edition. It's going to be worth money later. Let's just tell them not to open it and we'll sell it later. And, and now I have no idea where they are. But, like, I don't know. Did you guys ever get gifts like that as kids? Yeah. What do you mean? Rich, rich people gifts? Like, anything that's, like, that your parents were like, oh, you could sell this later. Like, no. it'll be like a baseball card even or something, you know? No, like, no, absolutely not. And I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't want to sell Cardi B and Offset short, but... They're not exactly Jay-Z and Beyonce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Jay-Z, he'll, he'll buy art with the intention of it being worth something that his kids will have that is of value that goes up in price. I didn't know Birkin... Or Bir- a share, even. A share of stocks. Well, yeah, or whatever. But I didn't know anything about Birkin bags in terms of them going up in value that you can buy one and it's an investment, per se. But I don't think that was the, the reason for why uh, uh, Cardi B and Offset did this. I think it really comes from... It st- just stems from growing up poor... And now that you're rich, you want your kids to experience just having a lavish life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So is there anything else you want to add? No, I mean, I think it's just a matter of changing the perspective of what exactly is a lavish life. Yeah. But again, I'm, this I'm, is... I'm not, you know, just to kind of just a quick note. I'm not necessarily against capitalism. I'm not against fashion. I'm not against luxury. I'm just against elitism and classism. And that's what invariably inevitably that's what this kind of lifestyle this perpetuating this kind of lifestyle leads to is this idea of we can only hang around with people like when you're when your baby is walking around with you know jewelry and clothing that's worth some people's house you're in you know how do you become a how do you be a regular person but like you're you're choosing to be to put yourself at this you know, at this distance through these buying this stuff. And it's like, what is really your goal of like, like what is a lavish lifestyle? We got to change that paradigm. At the end, it's really not, doesn't really matter though. Yeah. Huh? What, do you, what does it matter? All of this. None of it matters. Like what celebrities well, the music vibe- matters. The music matters. The vibe matters. The energy matters because we're going to get, we're going to involve like music as a part of our culture, as a part of our lifestyle. Even you're, even you like as somebody who, you know, who I'll say claims as a retired DJ, but music is in your blood. Like, it's still part of the culture. No, but it and- doesn't matter what, what Cardi B and, and Offset buy for their kids okay. as gifts. In the end, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And again, if it wasn't for social media, we'd never know about this stuff in the first place. But that's why it matters. Why does it matter? Because it is, in, it is influencing a generation of kids who oh. see this as the... <laughs> Or want that for their birthdays and things like that. And I, That's I the problem. You'd be a fool to be exp- unless your parents are literally Cardi B <laughs> and Offset. What are you asking your kid? Your I mean, think of some of those kids in the Hollywood Hills and stuff. Their parents might not be as rich, but they might be wealthy enough. Or like even kids in Woodbridge, I'm sure. Like even with us moving here from Ottawa, however many years ago, I remember my sisters like for their 16th birthday, they were expecting cars. And like me, I turned 16 in Ottawa and I did not expect a car at all. But my sisters were sitting here expecting that because that's what all their classmates got. (laughs) Every single person I went to high school got a car for their 16th birthday. And like, I was just like, why would you guys even expect that? Like, do you you not see the proliferation of of teenage children wearing $400 Gucci belts while they live at home in their parents' rented apartment that's the parents fault oh i mean but i mean this they're they're this they're getting their in their signals their cultural signals and indications from cardi b and now yeah, you're right mm. you're, i can see that you are right about that 100 percent. I, I say that not i'm not this is not hyperbole this is facts this is 
this is what the culture perpetuates. And again, I'm not necessarily against luxury and I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. If you have it, you can afford it. But the fact that it's kind of defining a lifestyle that is really unattainable for, for except for, you know, I'm against elitism and classism is as insidious, if not worse than racism. Hmm. All right. Well, on to the next story now. Didn't see that coming in music news, did you? More more New York news. Uh, just a year after releasing his first posthumous album, Pop Smoke has released his second posthumous album yesterday titled Faith. Pop's manager Stephen Victor announced the release of the album and title on Sunday with posters with QR codes popping up across New York and L.A., giving fans a snippet of what to expect from the album before it dropped. The album is 21 tracks long and features Kanye West, 42 Doug, and uh, 21 Savage and Sway Lee and a bunch of other people. I wrote this on the share page before the confirmation came out, but the confirmation came out and those are some of the confirmed people that are on it. Um, Pop, oh, and Chris Brown too. Pop Smoke's first posthumous album, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, returning back to the top three top spot three months after its release and has now officially spent a full calendar year on the Billboard 200. It has also been certified two times platinum by the Recording Industry of America. Nice. Now, <clears throat> I want to ask you guys, because we've had this discussion about uh, holograms and stuff, and I'm curious, do you guys think there's a difference between posthumous albums and holograms why or why not absolutely and what's the difference the difference is the album is the work of the artist it's what they were working on while they were still alive obviously they passed away before that music got released but the music is still coming out and it's still by and large a representation of what that artist was when they were alive right they were making that music a hologram Anybody that's doing a hologram can take control of it, do it, profit off it, do whatever. It's I find it to be extremely tasteless to to unless it's the even if it's the family members of the artist that passed away that are doing the hologram thing. I still don't like the looks of it. But if the family's going to benefit from it because they're looking for a source of income, whatever, say it's Whitney Houston's family or whoever you know passed away, then I can kind of see it. But I still wouldn't like it. But posthumous albums absolutely i'm here for them they're great but um holograms no thank you and solitaire what about you you know funny thing i was actually going to start off by saying i almost interrupt you to say i wish they would stop saying the artist's post his first posthumous album release he didn't yeah. release the album yeah <laughs> his estate did the label yeah. did hopefully no. his family is in some way uh, has uh, uh, you know authority over you know making sure that this his estate his family I don't know if he has any kids or whatever no. is taken care of. It just sounds weird to me, and the fact that they're like his second his second posthumous release, I'm like that just sounds morbid. I, I yeah, that, that doesn't even sound like it's a very appealing thing. But I um I'm gonna disagree with Reddy and say I think they're both the same thing as long as <clears throat> I think posthumous albums. And holograms, as long as the benefactor is the family or somebody that, you know, anybody who was close to uh, the person, the artist, would deem as a respectable and honorable decision for the proceeds of the of that concert or album to go to them, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. See, for me, I I'm like my my problem comes into play when it's like how much of this album did pop actually record and how much of it was technology recreating his sound and his voice 
to complete it. That's where I get weirded out, and I'm like, I hope that's this? not the case. But I don't think that, that technology hasn't evolved to that level unless they found somebody who sounds very much like him, kind of like oh, when shot. I don't Shine. know if him. Yeah, I was about to say Shine <laughs> and Biggie, but um, that the, as far as like the technology of being able to recreate his voice like that. Not to my knowledge, there's some that there's something like that's there's no, going too far. What, what, I don't, what is but, it like? What was that app called? Face Off? What was it called? Face that off. app that that, that oh, you, Facetune, 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 yeah, the one to fix like edit your face and stuff, yeah, where you can like be, look like Obama or whatever, or put your your oh, oh but that was something else, yeah, okay. face mash or something like that. that, yeah, no, but that's where I, that's where I'm like, yo, like that's where I start to question it, where I'm just like, I don't know, I, I feel like if that is the case where it is. Like a lot of technology has just recreated his sound. Like then I'm not I'm not here for it. And I do think it's weird. If this is really stuff he had in the vault, then then cool. But otherwise, Hopefully. yeah, I don't I don't really see a difference to be honest between the holograms and the. Well, and art- the artists can record tons of music that don't get released, and unfortunately, obviously, he died early or whatever. Prince had like albums upon albums in the vault, apparently. So. I think yeah. it's still good for the fans to be able to get to hear more of their music, especially for an artist like Pop Smoke that passed away so soon. Mm-hmm. But um, again, it's like what Solitaire said. I just pray or hope that the money is going towards his family or someone that you know was related to him that needs that money per se, as opposed to just the greed of the record label. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. And we'll never know for we'll sure. We'll never know. <laughs> Um, okay, now, earlier this week, a video went viral of two young boys trying to sell the baby some candy. Oh, this. Uh, yeah. In the video, baby asked how much it would be for the box, and the kid said $200, to which the baby stuck his hand in the box and replied, $200 for all of this. The kid said, yeah, and then the baby asked him how much for one pack, and the kid said $2. So then, the baby asked him how much is in the box and made him do the math, which was 34 (laughs) times 2, and decided because the kids were trying to finesse him, he wanted to teach them a lesson and just buy one pack of candy from them each. So in total, (laughs) just spent $4. Um, Now, in an interview with Complex, the baby explained that if what the kid were saying made sense and was logical he would have gave them a thousand dollars for each of their boxes but because they didn't even understand their own business he wanted to teach them a lesson now social media was split about what the baby did with some users calling him out for violating two young black boys selling candy on the streets saying what he should have done was buy the boxes but let them keep the inventory like soldier boy did a couple days later while others sided with baby for not rewarding a clear attempt of lying and finessing where do you guys stand on this and what would you have done if you were the baby hmm. that's a itch that is an interesting interesting scenario hmm. first of all let me just say that my math is slow and i'm here trying to do the math saying yeah he probably would have suckered me too because i'm like what is it though no but yeah it, it worked out to like 60 bucks basically 65 yeah. bucks for the yeah. what it should have been if the kids were being honest with him right but again they see someone who they maybe they recognized who he was yeah, no, he sure. had knows he has the money, so they were like two hundred bucks. So I kind of actually do agree more with baby, whatever teaching them a bit of a lesson because they were try- basically trying to hoodwink him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they'll learn at least now to be honest with people. You know, when dealing with them in terms of if you're going to charge people money and this and that or whatever. So I kind of lean more towards he taught them a good lesson. Okay, uh, solitaire. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. I think that, um, he bought, he bought a, a, a pack of candy. He supported them. 
you know, he gave them a lesson that's going to live on with them about integrity and honesty. And like, just because, you know, somebody is rich doesn't mean that you gouge them for the value of something like you pay, you pay the, you pay the, the value for what it is. You yeah. know? Can I just say, though, I didn't like the way he was kind of laughing at the kids once he got into the car and he, no, yeah, yeah. he was just like you know i spent i sold candy when i was a kid too i know this yada like those kids obviously you could see the disappointment on their faces when he only bought like four dollars worth of candy from them but yeah. i just i think he just he reveled in it a little too much that's where i didn't like it like he just seemed like he was having too much fun at their expense these kids are oh, obviously okay. trying to you know make earn a living hustling doing whatever they can and Along comes this rich guy. And just the way he was acting in the car after, I was like, yeah, I don't like that. All right. Well, see, I, I didn't see the video. So I'm glad that I did because that obviously adds a whole other level of context because I think it could have been a learning moment where it's like you spend $4, teach them the value of integrity. And then it's like later on, you're like, I'm going to buy your business. And like you, you put them on kind yeah. of thing. You put them on social media and, and give them a platform to, to level up. But you don't make them like a victim of your like belittling like yeah look at those kids trying to hustle me i taught them a lesson it's he, like he didn't belittle kids. them to their face per se though but nina you saw it he, so. it's, even, it's even worse that it's afterwards it's like yo you shouldn't even be belittling that at, at all no I, what, all. what did you think nina when you saw it well so i actually disagree with you guys to be honest because the way i see it it's two young kids trying to make a living maybe they're even trying to like you don't know who they're trying to support whether it's just themselves maybe they're trying to save up to buy some other stuff like you know what i mean like i think like the baby teaching them this lesson like cool he could have taught them the lesson and said like whatever you shouldn't have done that but then he should have given them the money regardless if i was a celebrity i would have given them the money regardless to be honest uh, i probably would have took the candy because i have a sweet tooth but like <laughs> i do just i just think of it in the aspect of like these kids were trying to make money and like you could have very easily helped them like get whatever it is that they wanted to get or or help whoever else they were looking to help with that money um right then and there but instead you decided to be in my opinion like petty to be honest like i don't i don't know i i didn't i didn't like how he handled this and i definitely would not have handled it if i was a celebrity yeah. that way uh, yeah I agree. I agree and that's what i mean like i think that he could have i mean I'll, I'll watch the interaction but i think that he could have handled it where it's like ah, oh, you know they kind of like ah, oh, we only got four bucks but then like at the end of the day, he surprises them with like whatever, like twenty thousand dollars to invent and to invest in their own candy manufacturing business. Like that would be <laughs> some dope. That would be some dope. Yeah. Um, anyways, so we only have a couple minutes left. I'm just going to go through this last story quick. Uh, Chris Brown is being sued by UK-based company Greensleeves Publishing, who owns the rights to Red Rat's Tight Up Skirt, Ooh. which Chris Brown used lyrics from in his 2017 song Privacy. Red Rat came up! <laughs> so Red Rat wasn't actually named in the suit and said that when Chris Brown released his song Privacy, he was getting a ton of calls from people asking how he felt about him sampling his song, to which he responded, give God all the glory. Now, Greensleeves Publishing is claiming that Chris Brown took the core musical feature of Tied Up Skirt and used it in privacy without their permission, while also naming Sony Music Entertainment in the lawsuit. Um... I don't know. I don't really know how this is going to go. Do you guys think that they're going to win this? Like, what's your thoughts on this real quick before we. I Reggae has a troubled history with biting other people's music in the first place or using, you know, copyrighted music without legal permission. Right. I don't know how often it still happens to this day, but I just remember many a times of hearing songs being redone and all that. And I was like, do they have 
the legal right to do this? I don't think they do, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't think anything will come of this. I don't think a Red Rats team is going to win. Yeah, Solly. Uh, I remember hearing this. I only heard it like once or twice, but I immediately uh, remember the Red Rats song. There's a definitely an intellectual property argument to be had, regardless of the as Reddy Fox so eloquently outlined the trouble history with uh, publishing issues and redoing songs, and originals and remakes and stuff like that. Uh, I actually do think that they, they have a case. They have an argument when it comes to, especially like publishing, if they have a good lawyer and they can, you know, they can, they can prove that it is a direct derivative of that same like syncopation or whatever. Um, and yes, they can absolutely still win the case. If they own a, a portion of his publishing, they can definitely, um, you know, sue for at least the, their portion of the value of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how this is going to go. To be honest, I feel like it's not like they're not going to win. But like, like the song, at least, is it worth it? Do you think it was worth song, the aesthetic? Yeah, the songs, the songs, okay. It's kind of cringe how he when he when he uh, when he's like quotes it. But like, are you yeah. Chris Brown fan, Nina? Oh yeah, huge. Oh, okay, I love that. I would, that? That's, my, that's my celebrity hall pass. Okay, all right. <laughs> Do you like Chris Brown more than Little Wayne, or Little Wayne more than Chris Brown? Oh no, Little Wayne more than Chris Brown. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, so and just real quick before we wrap up, uh, there are some quick mentions of things that happened. So Dipset versus the Locks is going down at the Madison Garden Theater on August third. So in person, tickets went on sale today, July fifteenth. Uh, sorry, the day we're recording, um, but you can still watch from home. Are you guys going to tune into that? Solitary? Yes, I. I'm going to wear my Timberlands <laughs> and my New York fitted and my Fort XXXXL <laughs> jacket to watch that. Hmm. Ready? You're going to tune in? No, I won't watch this per se, but still, I like this matchup, Dipset and the Locks. I'm trying to think oh. what would have made for a better matchup between Dipset. I don't know. Yeah, Wu-Tang would need to... Ha- I don't think Wu-Tang has any team that could go up against them per se but yeah i like the idea of it i still think dipset might have the edge mm-hmm. but uh, i'm not gonna watch all right i'm not Ooh. watching either um the weekend has been nominated for three emmys for his super bowl halftime performance and has also revealed he's working on a brand new album via twitter and that is it for music news Man, that was a roller coaster ride of a music news segment. Appreciate that, Nina. Wow. And uh, congratulations to the weekend for those three Emmys. That Super Bowl halftime performance was phenomenal, well deserved. And I'm definitely excited about his new album, which is probably going to be a, you know. And there's rumors that going around, apparently, he might be dating Angelina, dating Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Angelina Jolie? Yeah. yeah. The week, that's a weird couple to me like uh, uh, always weird couple selena gomez like what, what, what's going I on i could definitely see why angelina jolie would date the weekend 100 percent. that makes sense so much sense to me what? anyway can, yeah can you 100 oh, why because angelo you don't remember angelo jolie growing up do you she was kind of like you don't remember who was it i know we're running over time but who was the guy that she was the first guy the first celebrity guy that she was that she married oh man what's his name the guy from bad santa yeah i know i can see his face in my head but i can't remember his name right now but you don't but, remember but when that's they, not they, that's a far thing from the weekend though 
But what I'm saying is they were into like they they, they what is had, it Billy they Bob wore, Thornton or something? That's it. That's it. They wore chains with a drop of blood from each other, or at least that was the story at the time. Like, right. She was kind of like one of those, and that's all weekend is like all that weird like. <laughs> okay. Dr- I don't know. Maybe I don't. That's know. that's a, that's a weird looking couple to me, but anyway. I'm not surprised by that. But um, anyway, we'll we'll keep it. We'll put a pin on that. How about that? All right. Relationship. See how it turns out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was the awkward ending of our music segment. <laughs> uh, we got to pay some bills right now. For those of you listening to Vibe 105, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. Ready, Fox? What I'm saying is, she's into that weirdo, like that that mystical, like that crazy. I don't even like drugged out. Astrological. Yeah, she's she's like she's been like that. She's been like I don't know. What, what is, I wouldn't say like she's an anarchist, so to speak, but like I remember her coming up. I feel like she would go, like her as a young person would go to one of those crazy parties that weekend we'd be singing about. Like Angelina <laughs> Jolie would be posted up in there in the middle of it all yeah. in her prime. I just think he he always had weird taste. So like he's dating a full blown Disney star at one point. Like just weird. Selena, but that any but any woman that dates weekend tells me something about her that we don't see in the public eye. Exactly. Oh. Like Selena Gomez, like there's, I was just like, Ready Fox, that is a hundred percent fact. I'm not disagreeing with you per oh. se. I'm just surprised oh. to hear all this or whatever. The part of it that I guess I find it weird and maybe it's an ageism thing is just, or ageism or ageist or whatever is that because she's, she's 46 years old. I looked it up while you guys yeah. were talking and he's 31. So that yeah. also is a, just makes it but look celebrities don't give a fuck about that shit <laughs> hey listen listen she's 46 at angelina like as angelina jolie is basically like a 30 year old yes I, <laughs> I don't know i think his i think his best match was i think he was dating bella hadid at one point no yeah i, feel like I think I, best, I think that was his best like like aesthetically and just like they just looked like they had the same i'm pretty sure that's what he's singing about in all of his songs when he talks about models models doing coke Flying yeah. them in from Paris. Yeah, I think I think that was his best match. I should have been a singer. <laughs> it's not too late, Ready Fox. It's oh, it is. Oh, oh, it, it is. Not, we're on a radio show. You could just start singing the whole show, and people will pick you up right show. there. Yeah, I mean, sure. we, we would forbid it. I could I not mean. carry a note if you put a gun to my head. You got a producer here. You got a a, a swing host here to sure. play your song on the radio, yeah, no. and you got the vocals. It would have to be a one hundred percent auto tuned album in order for it to be pitch. Uh, so, do you have any connections? to t-pain that you can help out right here i don't mean, we don't need no connection to t-pain i got that lined up i got the auto tune right here in my laptop <sighs> okay let's end this foolishness and move back into radio because we're almost there we're almost done this shit welcome back ladies and gentlemen welcome back to hashtag right here on vibe 105 yours truly solitaire dj ready fox no better nina make sure you're following us Following us on Instagram and Twitter at hashtag Vibe105. We enjoy the support. Tell a friend to tell a friend, as the saying goes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our segment called the BOSS. That stands for 
Black-owned spotlight, our weekly spotlight on Black-owned businesses, as well as outstanding members of the Black community. Make sure, as I said, you hit us up at hashtag Vibe105 with exceptional Black-owned businesses or community members to highlight that you think that people should go out and support. Uh, We appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's boss, today's Black-owned spotlight is Ophelia Maquillage. I think it's pronounced maquillage. Maquillage. I was debating between <laughs> the two, but my French, uh, my French instinct was to say maquillage. <laughs> so you might be right about that. But Ophelia, we'll go with that. Ophelia maquillage. Uh, I hope you know how to spell Ophelia. Should I spell it out, Ready Fox, or should I make assumptions that everybody knows how to spell? No, that's definitely think, the last name. I think you should spell it. <laughs> Definitely the last name. Uh, so it's Ophelia, O-P-H-E-L-I-A, Maquillage. Uh, the L's are silent. So that's M-A-Q-U-I-L-L-A-G-E. And that is actually the website. That was be how you spell it. OphelialMaquillage.com. On Instagram, you can find her the same name, Ophelia Maquillage. It is a beauty salon and a skincare line that was launched in 2019. They offer such services as facials, eyelash extensions, microblading, waxing, tinting, and makeup services, none of which I personally would make use of. But I figure that there is a lot of our listeners out there as 50% at Or perhaps least. Nina. <laughs> Well, was, obviously Nina, but I was going to say like 50 to 70% of our audience are, are women. So uh, we represent for y'all most definitely. And this is a black owned business. So it's even more of an incentive for us to shine light on it. Can I just uh, say it, real quick while you while you mentioned that, just for people, this is just a side note because you said that on our podcast, we have 80% of our listeners are women on our podcast it's crazy thank you so much for listening to our podcast by the way ladies but they're either like you guys or they like me or maybe they like all of us nina they like they like all of us because uh women have more sense than men (laughs) did i did you think am i gonna get canceled for that yeah you probably might just continue Okay, I, I'm I'm cool with having women fans. How about that? <laughs> uh, so, uh, as Ophelia outlines about her um, her business, I truly believe we have our own version of beautiful, which is unique to us and makes us diverse. This is one of the reasons I opened and started Ophelia Maquillage Beauty Studio and Ophelia Maquillage Skincare Products in 2019. Working with my team and various consultants, I wanted to create a modernized, intimate, and personal experience. My focus is to help my clients find a beauty regimen that that they can feel a sense of confidence in and stick with in long-term and educate them on the importance and benefits of proper skincare. Uh, Shouts out to my brother and good friend, Rodala, who is the only man that I can say uh, I sat down and listened to him outline his uh, exfoliation process exfoliation (laughs) process in detail um and i can say as a man it is important that we pay as much attention to our skin care regimen as women do it's definitely and nina hates men for us not doing it and still having even if if you don't your skin will still be clear soap and water baby that's all we need no you just don't have all the hormones inside you pushing everything out oh sure right (laughs) 
Well, uh, regardless, I I do subscribe to at least, uh, I mean, you know, at least use a little Dove or, you know, some moisturizer. Cream your face. Life brand. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Ophelia Maquillage is not for you per se, but there's definitely for a lot of people. And as far as Ophelia Maquillage herself, she attended uh, George Brown College with a bachelor and left with a bachelor's degree in finance, which she obviously used towards opening up her own business. She also has a diploma from Bryan College in advanced medical aesthetics and has worked in the industry for over six years now. They have a location on Avenue Road. If you go to the website, like I said, OpheliaMaquillage.com, you'll find the actual physical location. And with stores, uh, non-essential businesses being able to open up now, we encourage you to go out and take care of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Go out there. They have massages. They can, you know, you can recharge, get your nails done, get your, get your skin looked out and all that good stuff, all right? So that is our Black-owned spotlight for today. Congratulations to Ophelia Maquillage. Nice. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> what? 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 Why the pause? Awkward pause. Yeah, you're doing the awkward pause, Solitaire, not me. Oh, was it me? I was waiting for the applause. I was waiting for you guys to say yeah. <laughs> <Did> applause. <laughs> oh, well, awkward pause over, and now let me go over to you, Ready Fox. Take that awkward pause off uh, my uh, my palate and go over to hashtag sports, Freddie. I should do an awkward pause now just to spite you, but I won't. There's a lot going on, of course. The Olympics are right around the corner. July 23rd, they start. And That's still a thing. What's still a thing? The Olympics. Of course it's still a thing, even though a lot of athletes are dropping like flies here. Like a lot of people are saying, not going. <laughs> I'm not going to go. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of weird people winning gold medals this year. Because <laughs> a lot of people that... Go enter the Olympics. That's oh. so crazy because, you, like, the Olympics is such a... Like, you train your life for the Olympics. It's such a short window, especially right. for a lot of... Like, I, I don't blame someone if they're, they're still going to go to the Olympics because you're right. Like, you train for four years for this opportunity to compete for just these two weeks and that's it. And your salary or your whole livelihood depends on how well you do. If you do great, like, you know, historically, like a Michael Phelps or a Simone Biles type person, then you get endorsement deals and the whole nine and all that. So it's really important for these athletes who usually have to work normal jobs as well, too, to support themselves and all that. So but yeah, athletes have been dropping out left and right because COVID. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um I actually don't think it's a good idea for them to be having the Olympics at all in the first place anyways. And again, Japan just announced the state of emergency last week and all that, but it's still going down. So we'll see how it goes. July 23rd, it's running from July 23rd to August 8th. Big shouts going out to Britain, to the to the women's uh, football team. They, <laughs> they have said they are committed to taking a knee before every match. It's a team decision. They've decided they're going to do it. It's important to them to, you know show their solidarity with Black Lives Matter and just, you know, fighting anti-racism or racism in general. So I'm just so happy for that. And on a side note related to that as well, last week, Italy won in the Euro 2020 championship. It was penalty kicks. And because it was penalty kicks and the English players who were black missed their penalty kicks, England lost, but then they got flooded with racism online through whatever way necessary now. This same English team was taking flack from people for taking a knee before their matches 
just to have their point proven by what happened after the final with Italy winning 2-1 and all the racism being sent at um, the player's way. And Boris Johnson and some other conservative politicians started to say, oh, this racism is wrong. But they weren't there to support them when they were taking a knee, taking heat for it from before. So just did you guys watch the match? Um, did you see this story develop in terms of the racism that came out towards the players afterwards? What are your thoughts? Um, I didn't watch it, but like I knew who won because like the noise they... in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was nonstop, and I could, my British mom was upstairs like sighing and groaning, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> so they definitely lost. Um, but but yeah, I I heard about this. I actually saw videos as well. Um, outside the stadium after the game ended, British fans were beating up. Italian people, brown people, black people, they were beating up everyone. They threw black people into the Thames River. What? And yeah, like it was next level. These videos were all over social media just because of the three black players who were very young too. Like it's just I don't know. When I saw this, I was just disgusted just because like like I know it's England and it's Europe and it's racist, but like it's just like bro, like what does an entire race have to do with the way somebody played? Like, there's no logical connection there. It's so dumb to me. Like, and it just blew my mind. Like, how stupid do you have to be? Like, I don't know. Just seeing all these videos and stuff, I was just like, I was just disgusted. I'm glad I didn't see these videos because I knew about the riots and like stuff happening because actually London police are going to be investigating and planning on laying charges on people for what Mm -hmm. happened after like all the stuff that you're describing now. I didn't know it was that bad, though. Yeah, it was really bad. So that's crazy. So Solitaire, how much of it was on your radar in terms of Italy winning and then all the racism that ensued afterwards from the English fans? I watched the game. Um, you watched the whole I thing? Was... Yeah, 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 I watched the game. And um, it was, it was a, well, I mean, I think, no, well, not the whole thing. I, I would say I watched like a, 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 like a half okay. and a, like a half of a half. And um <laughs> It was a, you know, it was an exhilarating game. It was a display. It was a heartbreaking loss. I, I like you, I was not aware of all that madness that went on. I didn't realize that they was like specifically targeting black people in England, like in that way. So, um, am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Is it disgusting? I mean, it's everything that people can say about it, uh, who have any kind of understanding about the plight of black people you know right the history rewriting itself again and again terrible and again there's no logic to find in racism nina that's just it's it's completely (laughs) illogical but again racists racists are so dumb they literally prove the point of the players by being racist towards them when they took a knee for the whole tournament just to point out racism basically so it's it's crazy. So I'm I'm again I'm happy for the women's football team in the Olympics to say that they're going to continue to take a knee to continue to show support and solidarity. So that's great. Turning to baseball, the All Star Game uh, went down last week or this week and our past week I should say, and uh, the American League won five to two. But even more better, <laughs> if there's such a thing as saying more better or whatever, <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He became the first Blue Jay to ever win the MVP award, and he was the youngest person to ever win the the award as well too. So. You know, congratulations to Vladdy. That's great. Vladdy. He was also the uh, the leading vote getter um, for the all star all star starters as well. So that's great. Uh, the Jays just started a three game series with the uh, Texas Rangers this weekend. Today's game starts at three o'clock. Tomorrow's game starts at one o'clock. 
And then Monday, they start a new three-game series with the Boston Red Sox. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all games start at 7 o'clock, followed by um, a new weekend game or weekend series next week uh, with the New York Mets. So that's going down. NHL's done, um, but there is some news real quick. Uh, What's his name there? Dominic Ducharme. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He agreed to a three-year contract extension uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, so they're keeping him as their head coach. And the NHL is planning on returning to a full 82-game schedule uh, starting next year as well, too, for the 2021-22 regular season. So we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Yes, and in the NBA, the NBA Finals are underway, but real quick, just in NBA news... The 76ers are opening up trade talks on Ben Simmons. Um, they want an all-star caliber player in return. It's really hard to negotiate for a trade when people are aware that you want to get rid. Like, obviously, if you're in a trade talk, you're, you're looking to improve your team by obviously trading someone else or whatever. But for the whole basketball world to know about Ben Simmons and his issues he's had with shooting the ball and this and that, it's going to be really hard for them, for the 76ers, I think, to get a high-caliber player for Ben Simmons. I don't know how much you guys know about him and his troubles with playing basketball in terms of just shooting the ball, but would you possibly want to see him land on the Raptors? Um, sure. I Much I know about this trade. Yesterday I was sitting with my boyfriend, and he said, Oh my God, Ben Simmons is going to L.A.? And I was like, I don't know. And then he tweeted <laughs> it. And then I know that Ben Simmons also dated Kendall Jenner at one point. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, he could come to the Raptors. You're cool with him playing on the Raptors. I don't want him on the Raptors. What do you say, Solitaire? Uh, The limited knowledge that I have heard about his shooting issues, I feel like he's not the piece that we need right now. I think think we can aim a little higher. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Sometimes... Sometimes a change of scenery could spark something that, you know, most people weren't aware of. Listen, man, Ben Simmons, for the most part, he's a really good player. He's a good defensive player. He does a lot of good things on the offensive end as well, except for shooting the ball. And that's it. So, But a lot of uh, analysts, so-called NBA analysts, are saying that he's been selfish with not working more on that aspect of his game to improve his game. Because obviously he's still cash and checks and he's still considered like you know, an A-list type all-star player in the league and all that. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I would prefer him to not be on the Raptors. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, nobody nobody listens to me. So <laughs> um, the NBA Finals, Phoenix and Milwaukee tied at two. Look at that. That's wow. really surprising considering how handedly Phoenix won the first two games. A lot of people thought that Milwaukee would actually just get swept out. Or maybe it'd be a gentleman sweep and they might win one game. But here we are tied at two games apiece. Giannis Antetokounmpo is having a phenomenal uh, NBA Finals. He's he's averaging, I think, 40 points a game almost. Except for, I think, in game four, he's, he scored maybe 26 points. But Chris Middleton poured in 40 points for that game. And uh, tonight in Phoenix, uh, game five goes down 9 o'clock tonight. So, Nina, I guess you're watching basketball tonight. I don't know. <laughs> No, I'm not, but uh, I want uh, Phoenix to win. All right. I still want Phoenix to win as well. Uh, are you still rooting for Phoenix Solitaire? Uh, Come on. 
Just say yes. I mean, I, I could just yes, be yes. I, I guess. I guess. I want to see Chris Paul because obviously his window to get to get his chip is a lot shorter than uh, Giannis. Than Giannis, but um, Giannis is playing like a he's he's. Mind you, at the beginning of Game Four, he was looking very shaky. Mm. But um, as as the game went on, um, okay. Yikes. Okay, well, we'll see what happens, but I'm just happy to see that the series is tied because that means more basketball, at least. If they just swept him out, it'd be over by now, and we wouldn't have any more basketball to talk about. But Game 5 goes tonight at 9 o'clock. Game 6 is scheduled for Tuesday, back in Milwaukee, starting at 9 o'clock as well. And if necessary, Game 7 will go on Thursday at 9 o'clock, back in Phoenix. And that's it for sports. Excellent. We'll keep an eye on that. I mean, we wish it was the Raptors, but uh, any kind of basketball will do. I wonder if the NBA is going to go back to a full regular season next year, too. They're planning on it. Yeah, well, we'll keep that in mind. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we've all been waiting for this uh, segment of the show. Nina has been knocking this segment out of the park for the last few weeks, so this should make for an even more entertaining discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for none other than no better new what, what no better saying? take no, no better take <laughs> uh, you know what? i was thinking news in my head it's okay i just ruined that flawless introduction no better take take it away no better news. okay so uh this past weekend or last weekend i should say I had an interesting experience so ready had the idea to make this week's no better take on this experience now last weekend i went to uh grand bazaar which used to be music their big gigantic outdoor area with me my boyfriend his friend and his girlfriend and my friend and her boyfriend. So a triple couples. date. Yeah. Triple date, three couples all having a good time, whatever. My boyfriend goes to the DJ booth with his friend to request a song and starts walking down the stairs back towards us. And this girl grabs his arm and she would not let go. She's like, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me. My friends, my two girls I was with were like, Nina. And they're like, let's go. So all three of us go. And I grabbed this girl's arm and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I just think he's cute. Like, I want to dance with me. I'm like, I'm his wife. Like, <laughs> like no. <laughs> like, and then, like, I don't know. My friend apparently told her, like, don't make me have to fight you tonight. Like, whatever. And the girl left scared. Then, a couple minutes later, we're all sitting down at the booth together, sitting with our partners. Two girls walk by and look at him. And are like, oh, he's cute. And my friend literally looks at them. She's like, keep it moving, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yesterday, we go to Center Island. And a girl stops him dead in his path and is like, hi, hi. And he was in on front of table. you. He was. No, this wasn't in front of me, but Ugh. she saw us sitting together at a table before that. Right. Like she walked by us previously. And he's like, oh, my God, Nina. He's like, it happened again. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, where is this girl? And he tells me he's like, she's in the bathroom. I'm like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom then. So I go to the bathroom <laughs> and she walks by and she just smiles at me. And I looked at her and I'm like, bro, she's so, so no. not like i just was like just now can i say so now nina actually and this is where i noticed what was happening she tweeted (laughs) after the first weekend of incidents happening she said and this is why we're gonna have this conversation now going out with your man is a different experience i think this is new for you because you haven't had this before so she said i was a security guard all night yeah so you said going out with your man is a different experience these women now she didn't say women she called them something else (laughs) But she said, these women are bold, trying while I'm right there, had to one too many uh, ballsy women <laughs> in their place last night, shaking my head. At least I know I got a cute one for real, is what she said. So 
Yeah, I don't know. Has this happened to you guys? Like, apparently, I don't remember, but apparently there was somebody who actually tried to talk to me too that night when he went to the bathroom. Right. And I told him that. I don't remember this because I was a little intoxicated. Sure. But he told me, he's like, you pointed him out and he was shorter than you. And I was like, ew, why would he even try? But anyways, has this happened to you guys? Like, when you guys go out with your significant other or when you guys had a significant other or whatever, like, did you find one sex was more bold in approaching the other in front of you guys like when you guys are together and it's clear that you guys are in a relationship i guess uh, maybe i guess i'm not as uh as cute as your boyfriend but i've never experienced any uh any woman trying to like get at me when i was in a relationship and i was out with my significant other um so uh no i don't i i i'm not like i've always said this i'm not not as averse to it as you guys are i think it's i I don't think he should do it all the time, but I think it can be fun. Okay, we've spoken about this in the past before, and I'm the only one out of the three of us that said it's not a good idea. I don't like it. It usually leads to problems. Now Nina's starting to experience it. So I wonder if you're changing it because the basic question that we're we're saying here is, is it a good idea, yes or no, to go out to the club with your significant other? Because these kind of things can happen. Now, sometimes it happens where... Someone can try to talk to you like Nina, if you leave your boyfriend and you go to the bar to get a drink and a guy, he may not know that you're there with another guy. And, you know, he may actually try to talk to you, which is no harm, no foul on his part. Right. But from a distance, your boyfriend could see you talking to another guy. And that could potentially lead to problems because part of this scenario, and I'll ask you, Nina, as well. If you if someone approaches you, you don't just shoot them down rudely, do you? I mean, you're still polite to them, especially if they're not being rude to you, I imagine. And from a distance, that could look like you're flirting with another guy. No, I have um I've been notorious for just like like I say what's on my mind. There was a point in time where I used to literally like like guys would try to talk to me and I'd be like, skirt like <laughs> just go the other way around though because i'm like not trying to talk to you i'm having fun like leave me alone type of thing um but no i get what you're saying you know what i will still say though i do still think it's fun however this night was a little i i want to say i think covid has really dried some people out and they're extra thirsty no seriously because like pre-covid this was not happening to us like it was not this intense and like I know for, I don't remember this person who approached me and tried to talk to me, but like, they're going to see a six, five guy beside me or behind me. Nobody's going to try that. Like nobody's going to try that. I thought I looked intimidating too, but apparently not so much. Like I just, it was still fun because like he turned them down, obviously like as soon as they left, like he's all affectionate towards me just so they know, like this is a thing, but like, it was just a really different experience and something I've never had to like. So are you changing your mind about it? Are you thinking maybe it's not such a cool idea to go to clubs with your boyfriend? Nah, I still like it. You still like it? It's still fun. It's Ugh. just, I just couldn't believe, even he was saying, he's like, I can't believe how bold these girls were. Like, he genuinely couldn't believe it either. Right. And this is, maybe it's sexist on my part to feel this way, but the other question that we're posing about this is like, who do you think is more brazen to do something like this, men or women? And I, from my perspective, I think men just know better. It's that if you're going to go and try to talk to a girl, especially right in front of her boyfriend, you should be prepared to fight. Yeah. You should be prepared to fight. Like most guys, I think, understand that. And it's just disrespectful overall. But um, I just, I, I see from my years of being in clubs as a DJ, I've seen quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. in general, women tend to do more out of pocket stuff in clubs than men do. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely realized that this weekend. I was like, Whoa. I don't know, <laughs> but I think I think women hearing me say that might be offended by me saying that. But oh, no, but I I agree. And but you know what? The one thing I did like, and I know Solitaire has said this before too. I'm pretty sure the one thing was like it also kind of made me feel good at the end of the night because one, you're going home with me, and two, everyone thinks you're so hot and like you're mine, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like. So there, there was kind of a positive at the end. <laughs> so if you if you fought a girl because she was being brazen like that, and then your boyfriend got upset with you for getting into a fight, would you be upset with him for getting upset with you? Uh, mm, no, because it would be kind of stupid for me to get into a fight. But you know, like you. I was drunk. Thank and, like, you, Nina. Friends, yeah, because like I know he's for me. Like his eyes are for me. Like me and the girls just like instantly were like protection mode because one of my friend, my best friend who came, she's dealt with it for, they've been dating for eight years. She's dealt, she's dealt with like situations like that all the time. And she steps in right away. No hesitation. She doesn't care if the girl's bigger than her. She'll do it. She doesn't care. Right. I don't know. Like you don't obviously don't want to be getting into fights in the club or whatever, but just, you can avoid all this by just not going to the club with your significant other in the first place. But it's place. so much fun. There's I don't find it to be fun. To everything. It's so much fun. <laughs> At the end of the day, the way I see it, especially early on in the relationship, it is a test of the strength of your confidence, of your self-confidence in yourself and in the confidence of your relationship and like your commitment to each other. Because at the end of the day, if I go to a club and I say that you're my girl, you say that you're my girl and I say I'm yours and you're mine and we go to the club and we have fun and there's guys and you t- and some guy manages to get your number and you feel like you're compelled to talk to this person. That's good information for me to know about where our relationship is at. There's no relationship. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. And that's a lesson learned. And I think... For me, going out with your significant other, it's like, hey, if it's a club, it's she's a girl, fun. obviously she looks good, right? That's yeah. why I'm with her. You want to talk to her? Hey, yo, shoot your shot. And I won't even look. I mean, mind you, I'm at that stage in my life right now. So it's uh, it's obviously through like confidence and experience. And this but- is definitely a younger person thing because I think the older you get, you're not going to experience this as much. But yeah, it's yeah. just, nah, it's I never liked it, but that's yeah. it. It was an experience, but uh, that's it for No Better Takes. Stop trying to talk to my man. <laughs> hey, just get, yeah, just make sure you get your, you know what I'm saying? Get yeah. Your hands, make sure your hands are nice. If you got to throw a little two-piece every now and again. They're ready. <laughs> All right. Thanks. That, yeah, definitely that is a conversation for the ages. Uh, there will always be in every generation uh, people in a relationship going out, having issues with other people trying to chop or as we as we say, old chop. chop or I haven't like, heard that term in so long. Chop. <laughs> uh, a quick story about that. I'll talk about that in a podcast. But nevertheless, uh, thank you for curating that segment, ladies and gentlemen. Just don't be jealous. Be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, be confident in your relationship. Go to go to a bar. Go to a club. Have a good time. All right. Any last uh, requests before we wrap up? Any last notifications? We got to go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our time for today. Uh, We appreciate y'all tuning in. We will be back next week, Sunday. Y'all have a great day, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Yeah, just quickly, as as I mentioned the word chop, I I was going to go into an explanation about it, but there's this... um, if If you're not from a certain demographic... When you say, oh, I'm going to go chop a gal, you know, I chop two things, I chop two gal at this club. And you say that to somebody who 
has no frame of reference for what chopping actually means. <laughs> it sounds like you killed them. The, res- the, the, the response is priceless. <laughs> I was a, com- I think it was, I can't remember. I think Probably it was like, no, 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 no. This was oh. like a, it was a Toronto man. I think it was like, I think it would make art like, um, T-Rex was telling a story at this show that we put on like an improv night that, that I put on with, with Mona many years ago. And he was telling this story. And one of the com- uh, comedians was not familiar with West Indian or hip hop culture. And T-Rex was like, yo, you know, back in the day, you know, I went to the club and I, I was feeling myself and, you know, I was walking around, I chopped two gal and, you know, it was like, I think I chopped like three gal. And this comedian came up afterwards and she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even understand how, in what context that could be a good thing. <laughs> you chopped the girls. Like would you karate chop them in their throat? Like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> was, like, it, uh, it just dawned on me when you, when you responded like that, I was like, yeah, people might be like, what did you chop these girls? I don't understand. Chop a ting. Chop a ting. That's what we used to do. You chop, chop, yeah. I mean, mind you, I was not a chopper per se. I was more like a hunter gatherer. You so also used to say wheeling, like if you guys are wheeling. Wheeling? Was wheeling? Yeah, like wheeling. Like that was like a high school thing. Like wheeling was like talking, basically. I never heard that term. Like you guys are wheeling. Am yeah. I, that's after my time. Yeah. I know, right? That's weird. Oh, that doesn't. What, so where did I don't get? Where does it come from? I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't. I don't get it. But I just, yeah, it feels like it feels like it might be a, derived from a Jamaican slang. Somewhere. Yeah, but what? Where's the context of it? Like wheeling? I don't get it. Don't know, like wheelbarrow? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> That's your homework for next week, Nina. You need to you All you right. need to gen, you need to canvas your generation and find out exactly what the hell. Really, really Anyways, right. let's get out of here. Let's let's call it a Please. day. All right. I've actually had enough as well, so I'm saying when. Well, say wrap the show up properly. When? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm just. Kidding. We out of here, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate we appreciate y'all tuning in and rocking with us each week. We'll be back once again next week. Have a great weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, have a great day. Peace. <laughs>